welcome to the GCW Plants Podcast, episode 18. Once again with us, Mr. John J. Wolf. And how are you doing tonight, John? You know what? I'm doing fantastic, man. This is going to be a great week of shows here. How are you doing? Doing good. Had a little stomach issue earlier this morning. We're fighting through it. Feeling good. At least we got a fun show here to get my mind off of everything and keep me entertained while we record this episode. Today we are covering GCW's Settlement Series Part 2. Once again, coming to us from the Grand Sports Arena at the Hoffman Estates in Chicago, Illinois. And on commentary, we have one Mr. Kevin Gillington and one Mr. MLJ. And I kind of liked how they, I missed that the first uh, first time when I first saw it. I didn't even realize it was MLJ. <laughs> like, I was like, interesting. I'm, I'm a little slow there. I'm a little slow today. We're going to get there. Yeah. I just watched this show today. <laughs> Fully with sound on and everything, so uh, it was a fun show, very fun show. Uh, kind of what we expected from the settlement series after part one. We kind of got the whole in courtroom. They all brought their cases to the court. They all decided to settle their disputes in combat. And uh, today, our settlement series part two show ends up being the show and tell part of the case. And it seems like all the wrestlers brought out. Uh, an item that they put up for grabs and up for stakes, and the winner of the match would end up getting the opponent's item that they brought for show and tell. So that was interesting to see uh, all the different items that was brought out during the evening, and we will just right, hop right into the first match of the night as the Bang Bros, August Matthews and Davey Bang, once again make their return to GCW ring, going against the team of Yokai, which is Naikai and Yoya today, Gibson. And, uh... This was a fun match. Want to start it off and say what they brought for the show and tell portion of the match? Yeah, so this ended up being a really, really interesting situation here. Uh, Yokai brought a gun that shoots rocks. So that was uh, that was their show and tell. <laughs> and the Bang Bros brought what you thought was going to be brought to it, which was the Bang Energy drink. So no surprise on that one there. Uh, Yo-Kai is just fun to say. I wanted to say that because I heard people yell, uh, like chanting Kai a couple times and then Yo-Kai, yo. And I'm like, damn, that sounds kind of cool. You know, I'm thinking like Ninja, Ninja, you know, it's, yeah, it's got that catchy thing to it, but you know, they go to start the show and you hear that fucking bell sound from law and order. And I went, oh my God, they screwed up. They played the damn bell sound and they don't have a new bell for this, you know, and crowds laughing their asses off. I, I mention it now because we find out later on in match two that it actually is the bell they're going to use. And I just didn't get the joke initially at the time. But um, I should have mentioned first, but I shouldn't have to mention really that this was a really fast paced match, man. Yokai's working great together. They um, they they work like a legit tag team. I'm actually hoping we see more of them together because they seem like they're something. Yeah, whenever I see them together, I always want to see more of them. And I, uh, my first opponents I always go to is Bussy. I think they would have an incredible match because uh, a lot of different styles. Um, I think Yokai could bring a lot of toughness to that match, while Effie also, Yoya would be an entertaining back and forth. Um, I I definitely love seeing Yokai wrestle um, together, even separately. Like Janai Kai just has that look on her face where. She going to kick your ass it doesn't matter who you are what you're doing and same thing with yo yeah like he's small but he's explosively small and and like i said 
uh, before. I think he came up as like a shoot fighter or something like that. I remember he had like a weird nickname when they first started announcing him, which I really liked. But they kind of got rid of that. I wish they would kind of bring that back. I kind of forgot it because I haven't heard it in so long. But I think it was like the shoot fighter or something like that. I just like how they bring. Was it the, was it the Cambodian tiger or is Cambodian something he was at was, one point? Yeah, that's another one, I think. Uh, oh, okay, okay, a different I'll, one. Yeah, I'll try to look it up. I remember, yeah, the Cambodian, maybe it was the Cambodian shoot fight or something. Maybe it was a mixture of both, but um, those two are just how they bring their martial arts background as a team was awesome. And as we talked about before with the, the show prior with the, the Bang Bros, I loved how they just incorporate their tag team ability and their moves like are very creative for a tag team set. I love seeing, as uh, you mentioned too, the tag team, like both teams had very good t- tag team maneuvers. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so everybody had their own little thing going on here. There was a spot towards the end of the match when it when it comes to talking about these kinds of maneuvers. The Bang Bros actually did the electric chair move. If anybody has a chance to check it out, it's it's a really interesting little move. And it's not easy to do when you're trying to also do a spear, a double spear into your opponents. And then it goes into at one point double four fifties. So this was this was towards the end, but I just wanted to mention when it comes to tag team wrestling, those guys are so they they've worked so hard on their tag team moves because they had so many of them. They looked solid together. If you wanted to see a tag team that works on their tag team moves, boy did they do quite a bit of them. Now on the other side. We saw Kai. She was doing like this flurry of kicks. Both men were kind of on the ground. They were on their knees, kicking both guys. Bam, 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 bam. You know, I re- it reminds me a lot of how Speedball does his. Yep. And then the only other thing I was going to mention on that was there was a spot where Yoya had actually had both Bang Brothers kind of standing side by side, and he takes the one and he puts his leg on the other brother, and then he plays, takes the other leg of the one and puts it. Long story short, it looks like a centipede of legs, damn near. And then Yoya grabs a hold of the first man legs and he hits like a dragon screw leg whip that basically makes the brothers kind of fall like dominoes one at a time. So there was some creative moves in there. There was definitely some tag team moves in there. I only mentioned one or two of them, but I hope they were good examples of how creative these two teams really were. Yes. And their styles meshed well together. I always talk about the styles and um, the yokai with Yoya doing that double leg uh, leg screw was awesome. And as you said that before, that little weird barrel the night before they did it with one spear, and then tonight yes. they turned it into both of them end up coming up from it into spears, which was awesome. A nice little change of pace from what we saw the night prior, which maybe popped just for them that night. So this one I double popped for them. Um, I do love seeing <laughs> both teams. Like it was awesome. I definitely want to see more Bang Bros and GCW, and I definitely want to see Yokai team up a little bit more and start kind of having more more uh, tag team matches against. DCW regulars, I think there's a lot of ground that they could cover. I mean, any any combination with the, not any combination, but those two teams, those four competitors, I think it could go a long way in the tag division and bring a lot more freshness and newness to the division with all the different opponents that they could have great matches with. And you know what? It seems like the Bang Bros are just the right size where there's going to be plenty of opponents in GCW to work with if they wanted to. Yeah. And like their style too, like I think seeing them in a scrambles would be kind of. Seeing them, how they would do with like Gringo Loco kind of scramble matches or Shane Mercer tossing them around and stuff like that. I'm interested. A lot of possibilities they could do definitely in a GCW ring, and I definitely want to see more of them, uh, hopefully in the coming up future. But uh, we go to Bax's match, and the Bang Bros do end up picking up the victory with uh, double pens on Team Yokai. And as you noted in your notes, it is the Bang Bros' first win in GCW. 
And yes. like I said, hopefully they get more opportunities to add on uh, more wins to the column. And this will lead us into our second match of the evening as Jay Vidal from FSW out here in Vegas. We always got to give him extra love out there. Or whenever he's on GCW, got to give him extra love because we don't see him too often on GCW. Uh, we see him more out here locally and going against J.J. Garrett, Thotty Steiner himself. And on paper, right away, I'm like, this is going to be interesting because J.J. always brings it. Um, yeah, I know it's always a, usually a fast-paced match, but he can, if need be, uh, have his, his little comedy spots. And I definitely think this was a perfect card for him to showcase both of those talents of comedy as well as in-ring ability. And Jay Vidal would be a perfect opponent for him. Uh, what was your thoughts on this match, John? Okay, so beginning... The minute I saw that this match was going on, what I was looking for was Jay Vidal from the, you know, from the get go. The reason why is because about three weeks ago, Jay Vidal had his last match at FSW here in Las Vegas in his hometown. He ended up taking um, his career versus a championship, put it on the line and ended up losing. So he ended up getting the the bye bye, which was a very tearful moment for quite a few people. It was sad for us. My group are huge fans. So. I uh, that was my first initial thought. So then I hear the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse theme, but it has kind of like a hip hop theme to it. And I'm kind of like, what in the hell is going on here? <laughs> well, that's that's Jay. That's Jay. Coming out. So um, Jay comes out actually second. Oh, good old JJ Garrett came out first. Thotty Steiner there came out. But um, they get into the ring and it's time for show and tell. And JJ decided that his his show was going to be uh use condom so he decided he was going to also pass this down to generations and kg at that point actually said it looks like there's plenty of generations line of the condom. night so, line yeah, of the so, night there you know and then of course kind of being jj he decides to start swinging the condom filled with fucking cum all over <laughs> like he's just swinging it but it luckily it didn't break but you could kind of hear the fans were like uh yeah. So, you know, Vidal, it's his turn. He brought a towel to the ring and he says that, that towel was given to him by JJ to clean himself up after JJ finished himself all over Jay Vidal. So that is exactly what these two brought <laughs> to their match. And before this match starts, of course, just like normal, you'll have the referee hold the belt up and show everybody what's going on. <laughs> well, this time we didn't have a belt. The referee in one hand had a used condom and the uh, the other hand was a good old jizz rag. So this is fucking GCW and we loved it. And the, I think yeah. they picked the perfect referee for that match to do it too, because it's the guy with the glasses. And every time I see him, he just always looks like, like he's struggling to keep up with the, I, I, I'm looking at him. Like he's like kind of a character referee. Like, Oh my God. Like just because the glasses and the goggles could be totally messed up with me. But like every time I see him, I just always see him trying to like, fog off the glasses to try to see what's going on because the action is yeah. so crazy. But having that referee with those big goggles and glasses holding up those two items as they are like championship belts was, I think, the perfect referee to do it. Added more comedy to that part of the match. Yeah, and then and then this match goes ahead and starts and you hear the ding, ding. And it went, oh my gosh. Yeah, it, it wasn't a mistake. This is going to be probably, if not, you know, the settlement series sound to start all the matches. We're not going with the bell. Chances are we're going with that sound. So I wasn't getting the joke. Now I get the joke. I'm so uncool in that aspect. Uh, at one point, Vidal challenges JJ to an amateur wrestling match. 
And he just basically wants to have JJ get on the ground with him again, kind of thing. And, you know, he's kind of putting his butt in the air. It's like, come on, get down here. Let's do it. But I mean, when it all came down to it, I believe Vidal put JJ in a, uh, I think JJ, I think he put JJ into a, uh, a headlock. Like it was one of these things where he kind of went, you know, like a surprise kind of thing. But um, the rest of this match from there on forward, it wasn't a high flying kind of affair. This was really they were doing real wrestling. I even wrote in my notes just good stuff was what I put. I put both doing real wrestling, good stuff. But um, uh, yeah, this was this was good stuff. And I always see a good old Steiner out there and I really do see Steiner. So it is kind of cool to see that. It's just like with uh, oh, what's his name from AEW? That doesn't matter. There's Pillman. quite a few that, yeah, Pillman, bro. I see Pillman every time I see Pillman. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> JJ Garrett definitely has the book, the build, the moveset, everything. I like how he even has the mullet of a, uh, a thotty Steiner, as he likes to call himself. And I, I know JJ Garrett, every time I see him, he just always goes crazy. Like he's always 100% going, going, going in the ring. He's got like that wrestling. It's the, so like I think it's like the wrestling's like wrestler's pace. Like we're just always constantly yes. grinding. We're always fighting, grinding them down, grinding them down. And I've seen him where like he gets a little too hot in these rings. And so like I always go back to my first impression when I first saw him. He got sick in the ring because it was on the collective weekend. That was like a hundred degrees in Tampa. And it was he, that was his third match, I think, that day. So I always give him a pass on it, but it always sticks in my mind. Every time I see him wrestle, I'm like, all right. How's the weather? How's the ring? We're looking good. It's going to be nice and cool. Good. We're going to get JJ Garrett at the top of his game. And I've seen him also go in and match and have an opponent in a headlock for five minutes straight and find that to be the most entertaining thing because of how he plays to the crowd with this. So I know I'm always going to get good high paced up with uh, JJ Garrett. And of course, uh, us being in Vegas, seeing Jay Vidal uh, quite often out here. I always know he's probably top five out here in Vegas, if not top three, in my opinion. Um, He's got character he's got the look his wrestling is good i know when gcw came out here back at like around this time last august like he ended up getting a victory in one of the gcw versus fsw scramble so uh a lot of promoters and a lot of companies and wrestlers have their trust in jay vidal for good reason because he's super talented and as you said they are gone from fsw so hopefully they're moved on and hopefully to bigger companies where we can still see them on our screens because Fidel's is definitely uh, talented enough to be on our screen somewhere on a weekly basis. And our winner of this match ended up being Jay Vidal. He ended up hitting a sit-down styles clash and a roll-up on Mr. JJ Garrett in a pretty damn good match. So I'm happy that Garrett came out, put on a solid show. He always does put on a solid show. He's not a he's not a uh, flair and uh, fireworks kind of guy. He he's a solid match wrestler. It's it's really cool. And then, of course, Fidel, it's really good to see Jay at any time. But then he, uh, well, he basically got on the top rope <laughs> in the corner and drank all the nut out of the condom. So uh, I thought that was really uh, pure GCW. And then he also makes sure that he puts the towel over JJ. So everybody's having a, everybody's having a, a good day in, uh, in Jay's world. Yes. And as you said, very entertaining <laughs> match. <laughs> It was a good second match. I thought it was nice, solid because like their in-ring stuff is was good. I I wasn't too much fan of the pre-game or post-match pre-match stuff, but their in-ring definitely killed it. And I like kind of they did play into each person's character, so I actually did like that part for the comedy reasons and stuff like that. So for a second match of GCW Sediment Series, nice way to uh 
pretty much get the night going or keep the momentum going from the first match. And that will lead us right into match number three of the evening as Sandra Moon goes one-on-one -on -one with Maserati West. And I don't know too much of Maserati West. Once again, I know Sandra Moon, same thing as Jay Vidal out here in Vegas. Um, get to see her a lot and all these different companies out here on the West Coast. So it's nice seeing her back in a GCW ring again, like how Jay Vidal did earlier. And uh, I didn't know what to expect during this match because, like I said, I never really saw Maserati West. But once again, I go into it thinking, okay, I don't know what's going to happen. Let's see if that question mark turns into an exclamation point. And this one, it was it was nice, solid, fun match. It wasn't nothing crazy. Um, I just think it was really good seeing Sandra Moon back in a GCW ring, back on our screen. What was your thoughts on this? <laughs> so, so the beginning of this one, Wes ends up bringing out a pick of the side of a box of like a kid's kitchen set from Battelle, like from the 80s or whatnot. And he claims he's the kid in the pick and she doesn't belong in wrestling. She actually belongs in the kitchen making Maserati a sandwich. So, he, you know, he's trying to get the heel heat right off the bat. Still funny. Uh, Sandra says that she's got a plushie, which she got from her friends, Jody and Lazarus, who uh, who had got. I'm sorry. Sandra says she got a plushie, which she got from her friends, Jody and Lazarus, got her for her 21st birthday. And it's filled with tequila, Bud Light soda seltzers and love for the motherfucking homies. We will talk about that a little bit later. But Sandra starts out real strong. At some point, she uses the plushie as a weapon. There's a nice point where she does a tope suicida to the outside on Wes. There is back and forth in and out of the ring quite a bit. Wes was doing a great job as a heel, in my opinion. In, in the looks department, he reminds me of Rico from WWE. Ooh, he has yeah. the, the, yeah, he has the look. He's got the flair. He's got the, the, the pants, the whole nine. So, um... That's pretty much what I wanted to talk about in this one, honestly, for me right now, because I do want to bring up the Sandra Moon statement later about her plushie and her friends. Yes. Uh, going back to, as you said, Maserati said he wanted uh, Sandra Moon belongs in the kitchen for the sandwich. I was kind of thinking at that point, if they're going to bring in some sort of like accent raised grandma, uh, making his her world famous, whatever sandwich oh, that wow. was. Oh, my God. We forgot it already. There's been so many shows. With all the tomatoes, the mayonnaise, mm -hmm. the mustard, all that stuff. I just like the sandwich. I was, I thought they were going to play off on it more once I heard sandwich. But because I was the same way. I'm like, he did not just say that. And then right away, I was like, wait a minute, sandwiches. Are you going to do someone action ray? They did not. But that's kind of what my mind was thinking. Like, I can't believe he just said that. And then right away, action ray. But uh, this was a fun match. Sandra, like we said before, just takes a beating. Like, I've never, like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. This one wasn't as bad as uh, recent. Beatings I've seen her take in a GCW ring or in any kind of ring. Actually, in that act out here in Vegas, she's been in a lot of tough matches. But it was nice seeing that the more entertaining, more com comedical match this one ended up turning out to be um, with that plush doll. I know that plush doll was like in Wes's hands, like at multiple points throughout the night. So I was wondering if he was going to like end up ripping that doll in half or whatever. But uh, it was a nice, fun match. And Sandra Moon does pick up the victory. With her, um, I think she calls it the Moon's Landing uh, pile driver. I'm not sure, but it was it's a cool looking move for a finisher. And Sandra Moon uh, does get the victory and ends up getting uh, Maserati's Wes's picture. Well, it was an actual box, right? It wasn't just a picture. Wasn't it the whole box? Yeah, it was like, yeah, box, literally yeah. A, a, a ch like the size. Okay, somebody went to Walmart or some shit somewhere, <laughs> right. you know, and they cut the side out of a box. Yeah. Well, it, 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 it's just it's a kid sitting at like this fake 
kitchen from like back in the 80s or the 90s, like the plastic kitchens. Yeah, it was just a kid. And he's like, that was me. But, uh, you know, Wes really had a lot of personality and he's another one that I'd kind of like to see more because he yeah, he brings the laughs. He, he was really fun to uh, he was really fun to watch. He for me, uh, I, I don't think that was the first time I seen him. But I will say when it comes to a comedic you know, situation like this one, he, he played it really well, man. And he did a great heel, too. So comedy and being a mean asshole in the same match was pretty cool. Yeah, I would. He definitely. I think for comedy matches too, he'd be like a really fun, like uh, not prop, but like as a wrestler, like a nice person to bounce comedic stuff off of with his reactions and the way he plays to the crowd as well. So I definitely would like to see more of him back in a GCW ring. And that will lead us into our fourth match of the evening, which is a five-way match. And the five competitors were Heather Reckless, Bradley Prescott, Order. Saban Gage and Xavier Sky. This was one of these matches I heard of two or three of them, but I've really only seen two or three, maybe in like one or two matches each. So once again, a lot of question marks, but as entertaining as the first three matches was, and kind of knowing Bradley Scott or Prescott that from the backyard wrestling show and his little performance there in his match with uh, Billy Starks was very entertaining. So I was thinking this was going to be a nice, fun comedy match as well. Obviously, just like how the rest of the night has been. What was your mm-hmm. thoughts on this match? Okay, so uh, here we're gonna here we go with who was bringing what to the ring. So Prescott brought Adam Slade and beer. That's his offering. Xavier Sky brings a door from out from underneath the ring. Saban Gage then he goes out uh, underneath the ring and he brings a chair. Mortar brought nothing. I don't even know what the hell happened there. He was just playing the heel, I'm guessing. And then Heather brought a middle finger. So then, boom, we go into this match. What I'm noticing right off the bat is Mortar is extremely fast for his size, and he's a lot of fun to watch. He's got a lot of agility to him. Uh, Reckless spikes Mortar right on his head at one point and then goes right into a top rope backflip into the floor. I mean, there there was a lot of spots here, and this was really... Um, this was really impressive. I had no idea all this was going to go on. No shit. I mean, I... I should be expect we should be expecting at this point that there's going to be some names we don't know and they're going to be bangers. But here we go again. Like this is three, four, five shows in a row where we get local talent or guys who we don't know each and every one of them. And they're fucking awesome. Yes. And uh, Mortar reminded me of KTB. Like I had to do a couple like quick oh. takes when he first came out. I was like, that KTB, like he got shorter. But like, no, no, it's not like. But I, from my first initial look, I was like, whoa, this is KTB's new character. But. Just seeing that look right away, right away, I want to see him go against KTB or team mm-hmm. up with them because I think he would fit in a nice little trios team with uh, Shane Mercer and KTB is uh, Iron Demon or no I- Iron Beast. Um, I think he would fit in. Uh, Bradley Prescott kills me. He's <laughs> his comedy, <laughs> his comedy wrestling, and with his partner coming out with the beer all the time, the natty lights and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I I like Paul Bradley's character. He's just like someone not from the backwoods, but. Someone out there, the Bayou, just kind of wants to chill, drink, have fun, and uh, wrestle. But I, I love seeing Brad- Bradley Prescott. Uh, Heather Reckless was she was a little spitball in this match. Like she was just oh shit, yeah. She had a lot of spots on the outside where it was just like whoa, that was <laughs> like uh, unexpected to see someone, especially because she's on the shorter side, as uh, even more so compared to everyone else in this match. Um, I was like I. I seen her like I think she was the only one I seen once or twice, but it heard Bradley Prescott. So it was seeing Mortar, Saban Gage, and Xavier Sky was 
pretty eye-opening and i like xavier's xavier's guy's look excuse me that he's got nice size and i think if he fills into his body gets more like tightens up some of his moves that he did and gets a little bit more flying as we kind of saw during this match i think he's going to be an impressive one to watch out for he reminds me a lot of a young ach damn man what a statement to throw back to me on that one that's a good one no 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 that's a good one uh okay so my spot of the night was in this match so i want to make sure i mention this because you were talking about heather and you were also talking about bradley and some of the crazy shit okay so try to picture this in your head but primarily heather is on the ground and she is facing the ring right in front of her is xavier he's standing on the ring looking into the ring himself he's looking at bradley prescott so they're looking like that you see heather go ahead and grab a hold of xavier's boots and kind of like hold on to him i think she's trying to stop him initially from just getting back in the ring kind of thing but then you see bradley off camera all of a sudden come onto the camera and he jumps over the top rope over xavier's body as he's going over xavier's body he grabs xavier's head and literally pulls him uh, like they all fall they all fly and fall backwards out onto the floor and they go through this table that's on the outside of the ring that's the best way i can explain it i'm sure someone somewhere has that table spot and then you were talking about how you have reminding of say ach and some of these other guys kdb and whatnot yeah mortar reminded me of jeff cobb yeah it's the body and i think it's the fact that he came out there in such a dominating manner Jeff's Maybe. Cobb, Jeff Cobb's another one I want to see. Haas is another one I definitely want to Fuck see. Yeah. W ring. He, he, some of those opponents he could go against. I, and I, I mean, if you're getting Aussie open to go against Nick Wayne and Jordan, like, hey, I, I don't think Jeff Cobb's out of the picture. We might be seeing him hopefully in the next couple months because he's a beast and fits your Haas description perfectly, but he yep. could also fly and stuff like that. Yeah, him versus um, Order would be definitely fun. Uh, we get a point where more doors and chairs are being brought out. So now we know it's going to definitely get more violent. Gage and Sky are doing top rope flips onto the floor. I mean, shit's, shit's getting really crazy real quick in this one. There was a huge coast to coast by Bradley, and then he ends up spiking Heather on her head. It was kind of like payback after she hit him earlier in the match. And then Saban turns around and spikes Bradley on his head. And I would say in this match, Bradley's head took some serious freaking damage. Um, but I had no expectations, man. I, I like the way he sells those headshots too, because or the head damage, because it's like, you, I think you try to play it off like, oh, I've had too much to drink. Like I seen on some of these mm-hmm. maneuvers he did, like he just looked like he looked up at the ref, like all gassed out, wide eyed, like, am I done yet? I'm getting too drunk for this. Like I'm not. This is too long for me. And I think the head damage too, like every time he hit it, like he just wandered. Even when he walked, he kind of like stumbled and everything where mm-hmm. he's playing off the head damage, but it could be also him selling off the drinks that he had before the match too. So um, yes, these five definitely killed it. I would like to see uh, more of them. I know I didn't talk too much about uh, Save Gage, but like he had some incredible spots during this match too, where I, I liked it. Like I, I'm enjoying that as a way to introduce more new local competitors to GCW crowd. And as these scrambles have been like nice, short scrambles, 10 minutes, let them all get their shit in, do crazy spots and entertain the crowd. And I think that's what they did. They're not really telling too much stories with these matches, which is absolutely fine because in these kind of matches, I don't think I'm, I'm not looking for stories. I'm looking to see what these competitors have because I never seen them before. And I think given this spotlight and this platform is just amazing. And I'm so glad ECW's doing it and they have been doing it and hopefully they keep on doing it because these scrambles lately have 
in incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, okay, so this is a great point. I'm going to kind of go ahead and just announce the winner. We ended up having Heather Reckless as the winner. She did a top rope front flip with boots into Mortar's back, turned him over, rolled him up real quick, one, two, three. It was really an excellent match. What I'm going to go back to is something we talked about earlier, kind of as my wrap-up on this one. I really had no expectations. I really didn't want to have any. At this point, GCW has had their pulse on the rising talent in the independent scene for so long. I'm just learning to trust that what they're doing every time they put someone out there, it's because they're worth a shit. They've hand-selected each and every one of them. They're gonna, there's going to be something that they do that we're going to like because obviously they have an eye like ours as fans. And they go, well, shit, we're entertained. They're going to be entertained too. So the only thing I'm learning to do now is basically trust that the eye of GCW is so damn good. And I don't know how many are doing it but it's just fantastic. The only thing now I know for sure after that would be that um, if there's lesser names that I don't know, or if there's local talent, I, I don't get a little less interested. Sometimes I would think, well, maybe I'll get less interested. You know, I don't see this person, but I see this guy on the show. Oh, no, 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 no. You better pay attention and you better watch because you might be really surprised. I made some new favorites over this night and we're only four matches in. Yeah. Like, like I, whenever I saw it first, the one that comes to my mind with these new talent was Teriyaki. Like they and him yep. just kill yep. it that weekend in Atlanta. Um, I think he was on both nights. I'm not sure. I wrestled both nights, but Teriyaki killed it. Like he's one of those ones I never heard of before. Right away, it's like, oh, he's got a cool look. I like his attitudes. And then <laughs> boom, in the ring, I'm like, yep, I'm gonna go search him out. And this one for me, this one, this match, uh, Xavier <laughs> Sky was the one for me. I definitely want to see. Uh, them, uh, Xavier Sky grow because I think as he grows into it, gets more polished. It's he's gonna be incredible. I think like I I know he's still all young. They all are, but as you said, like I'm now starting to think like, hey, I need to start now trusting him better. Cause I always come in, I'm like, I don't know these people, but every match, I'm like, this is awesome. This is cool. There's nice, solid, uh -huh. fun, entertaining matches where all five, six, or however many people that are brand new. Kill it. They they don't go none of none that I've seen recently has made me go like, oh well, maybe that you got too early here. This wasn't your platform or you weren't ready for it yet. But maybe in a couple months, um, you'll be we'll be back here. Maybe you'll be more polished. Like every single one, I'm like, I wanna I could see them on the next show and be happy with it. And I love being introduced to all this new talent because it just so much makes it more fun and makes it be wanna go out and check out more wrestling companies and more uh wrestlers and learn more about them on their new shows it just it's a snowball effect and i love it and i love that part about independent wrestling that and what gcw is doing too we're like all five of those are all five totally different characters and gimmicks and looks and everything where it's not doesn't feel like hey we just grabbed a bunch of guys that all look the same and go out there and do stuff they all had something different to bring to the table and they always have like they got super good competitor a high flyer a comedy spot like all in that match alone there's five different versions of wrestling we saw in that scramble match because all five competitors are totally different and they're in style in rings and outside how they look and that's okay. just fun a hundred percent confession right here there is way more talent in the pool than i thought there was and the pool is way deeper than i thought it was every freaking show i'm seeing somebody i didn't even know sometimes was out there or existed Maybe I may have seen him before and didn't remember them. And I'm going, holy shit, who's this guy and where was he at? I'm, I'm literally echoing what you said earlier. This makes me go to other companies, you know? John Moxley made me to AEW and then over here went to this one. And now I watch AIW and now I watch this company and that. Um, 
yeah, so I just wanted to kind of do that because this is the place to do it. Yeah, my full confession is two years ago, I did not know what kind of depth of talent there was out there. And I'll tell you that five years ago, even before AEW opened my eyes, I really had no freaking clue of what was going on um, in this current independent industry. Yeah, I, I'm I think my brain team. shut off. Oh, I'm sorry, brother. No, I'm, I'm brand new to it all, too. For me, it's been over a year since I went to the first GCW uh, draft day out here in Vegas. That was my first time GCW and really independent other than like Ring of Honor, which I don't really consider independent, even though it could be considered that. Like They opened up my eyes to GCW wrestling, but literally the entire independent wrestling scene as a whole were like, within the next month, I was like, hey, can I get asking my wife, is it cool if I spend this much money on IWT? And then Fight TV has this package to see all these other different independent wrestling promotions. Like mm -hmm. I, I got like a lot of the subscription services where I get to see a lot. So like, and it's been a fun and joy to watch. Cause like, Hey, one night, like, ah, I don't feel like watching beyond wrestling and just have it in ring. I want to see some crazy blood and some guts and I want to see the death match and the violence. So I'll put on, I see, uh, the, the no, oh, dude. So, yeah. ICW. Yeah. Oh, AIW. Dude, there's so many companies. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, like whatever you're feeling in that moment, they ha there's something out there in the independent wrestling scene for you to check out. And like, where like I just I think I always fall in love with GCW because they always hit bring all those aspects to one night where I'd never leave. Like, I wish I had more violence tonight. Let me go check it out. Like, I they hit and give me the exact amount of what I'm feeling for that night, and it's just that's why we love. That's why I love GCW, and I think that's why a lot of people love GCW because they give you plenty of variety every single event. And that will lead us into our fifth matchup as a young Bill, which is Billy Starks. Hame uh, goes one-on-one -on -one going against Brogan, which is Brogan Finley. And this one was rough. It was <laughs> Brogan was definitely brought a uh, violent side to this match. And uh, he's, it was, it was crazy. It was violent. Um, I was going to just hop right into how the match started with the violence, but we forgot to even talk about their parts of the show and tell. So what did they bring out to the show and tell, John? <laughs> okay, so Finley brings out his dad's shillelagh. Hell yes. I think we were talking um, at an earlier show about we were trying to figure out if it was his, you know, if that was his kid or not, yep. whatnot. Hell yes, yeah, that, it is. That and put, I'm so cool. That put that question to rest. Like, I was still kind of questioning, even though I looked it up afterwards, but I was like, seeing the shillelagh, I was like, yes, that's... That's the son of one Dave Finley. Oh, man. And then uh, Billy, on her side, she ends up uh, pulling out a kendo. Well, she tried to pull out a kendo stick with the stick halfway out. And as she's halfway turned around, Finley hits her hard. Um, it was like a I don't I wouldn't say a lariat, but it was more like a clothesline. And I mean, it, it knocked her pretty good and it was pretty, pretty tough. Um, he was rough on her. He really yeah. was rough on her. She doesn't she doesn't get the show and tell. This shit just starts right out from the gate. It did not take long um, until it went to the outside of the ring. And then she ends up getting thrown into the pole, one of the corner posts uh, by Mr. Finley there. And she falls onto the ground and you kind of see go the camera kind of go off to the side for a moment there. And the referee and a couple people go over and check out and you, and the camera finally pans back over when she stands back up and she is bloody, yes. not just a little bit. I mean, she's openly, she's got a good bit of blood across her face. And, um, it was the first time I found out through commentary that she's really ever bled. 
at GCW as far as they know. So yeah, it got to a point probably a couple minutes after that she had the crimson mask. Her face was actually red. And it it started getting all over Brogan too. And you see like Brogan just like wiping it on himself too. Like it got, she was bleeding within the first minute of the match. As you said, like Brogan hit that clothesline outside right into the post. Boom, bleeding. And I just because she's 16 or 17, that's where I was like, man, she's bleeding a lot where they need to kind of not try to show it as much. In my opinion, this is where, I, in my opinion, I'm like, hey, that's a lot there. I, I wouldn't want that being thrown around like on news websites or something like that. Or, hey, do you have a 17-year-old wrestler in there, male or female? It doesn't really matter. Like, bleeding that bad. Where I think the age, which makes me kind of cringe, like, even like Nick Wayne, he got busted up uh, pretty bad from like Atticus and stuff like that. But it was no, it didn't look as bad as Billy's did. Like, and so like, I'm trust their decision. Obviously, Billy was good enough to go. It wasn't like he didn't seem to be suffering any head injuries or whatever. It just looked bad. The cut, I think it looked, I, sometimes we see these fights in UFC or MMA, whatever, and boxing, like sometimes the cuts and the blood looks way worse than the actual damage that yes. happened. And that's why I was like, okay, they're trusting it there. And I, I saw that as well, where it wasn't hindering her effect, but it was just like, man, I don't know how much camera time I would be putting on a 16, 17-year-old girl, like, bleeding in a wrestling ring. But I, they're professionals. They know what they're doing. Her her guardian's right there. I don't know if that's, like, her real dad or guardian. I think I've, I've heard mentioned as a guardian, a mouse. Like, he's there. So, like, he's if he felt anything wrong, he could call it right there too absolutely that like i i originally was like oh this is not good but then i start thinking about all these things i'm like hey you know what gcw it's wrestling she's a trained professional she could go out there do what she does there's other trained professionals there where if they would have had any moment of doubt they would have ended it so i need to pull back mine (laughs) that's like i'll be like overprotective parents like man i don't know if i'd want to be seeing my kid out there at that age bleeding that much and stuff but she killed well, it and i think it was good for this match and for her i think that's going to elevate her like i think i thought yes. during this match i immediately thought it was becky lynch like when becky lynch got her nose busted and that just that look of her standing in the crowd like you want a piece of this kind of thing like how billy did at during this match and uh i'll kind of skip to the, the ending but i skip to it but just mention it like she does end up getting the win so I thought that was kind of cool with the blood on her face, picking up the victory. I thought that was a cool moment where she could use that as, uh, for, to like further her tough, tough, badass character, her bully Starks character. And I kind of made me think of Cole too. When Cole Radrick was all bleeding, he used that to his advantage to like marketing, like pro, like for merch and stuff like that. And I think that ended up being a good thing for Billy. And it obviously probably won over, the locker room seeing how she finished that match, especially if that was her first time bleeding that much. That was very impressive. And um I'm give props to everybody involved in that match. Brogan, the referee, Brett, Mouse, everybody like, hey, like they're um keep an eye on Billy. And she proved that it was not a big deal. Like I'm I was making it or I'm making it. And I'm glad that the professionals nope, trusted, no big, trusted no another big. professional and yeah, it pl- all played out fine. But like my original thought right away is like man that's a bad look but it ended up being a very fun match brogan i think came out pretty good as a dastardly heel because of all the damage that he did to billy throughout this match and uh brogan's brogan's a, a fiddly that's for sure definitely stiff definitely uh gonna make uh pay for whatever opening you give him in the match yeah so we were speaking i think the last show or probably a show before that about 
Brogan having a stiffer style when yep. we were still trying to figure out about, you know, the Brogan situation, you know, a lot of hard impacts. I was happy to see that he still has that. I, I was hoping that just wasn't a one-time thing. Even with Billy, he was still doing it. Now onto Billy's side. And I don't think it was going to be too much of a big deal with her bleeding accidents happen a hundred percent. It's about mutual trust and mutual respect. As long as that's in place on all sides, which a hundred percent, I'm sure that is then everything should be okay. I felt like the match was called a touch early. However, it could have been called a touch early for a specific reason. I'm also not saying it was called a touch early as a bad thing. I'm just saying it may have been called a touch early. Uh, I watched Billy walk back after this match was over and you could see her eyes. She has like his bluish greenish eyes off the top of my head. I don't investigate eyes. I'm just saying she has brighter colored eyes and you put that with the red face. And the first thing I said was, holy shit, pull her in front of a camera, get promo pics now. If it's going to be yep. that rare, get them now. Those eyes pop when she has red blood all over her face. There are opportunities for merchandise out there. Talk to Yamashita. Or I'm sorry, talk to Rina Yamashita about what she did. One of her first shirts at GCW was her getting fucked up and yep. taking pictures at Vegas. And Gringo, too. Like, talk to Gringo, because yep. that's I remember buying that shirt right away when he I was at the L.A. Yep. show. And like he's like, yeah, I just got this box two hours before the show. Like, I'm just selling them for the first night here. And it was when he just got busted up against Psycho Clown. And I, I loved it. Like I like I said, like at first I was like, ooh, squeamish. But the way the match kept on going, she was definitely toughed it out. And it wasn't as bad as what it looked like. and I think, as you said, the first thing I thought of, too, was like, hey, find one of those photographers, get mouse, get uh, one of the other photographers that's there. Sam, I saw Sam in real life was uh, taking photographs during this one. Like, go out there, get like a cool looking picture. And then that shit's going to be on her shirt. and That shit's going to sell because that that made her look so much more badass. And I think that's going to just add on to her character and tougher. The next time we see her, I think the crowd is going to kind of pop for her and recognize and give her the respect like hey yeah you went through that you went through that war we respect it and here's our appreciation where it's gonna help her out like i think how it helped out cole radrick okay so here's a fun one i don't know if you know this or not i actually have a off the top of my head a 23 year injury i'm gonna go towards the camera this is like great for recording do you <laughs> see like a cut kind of thing right yep, here yep okay all right dusty. so like dusty i used to be right in there. Well, okay. So back in the day, they'd say Geico because, you know, anything can happen. So <laughs> I was, um, I was like 18, 19 at the time and I was working in construction and I was holding a ladder for a guy who was doing a little rip and repair. And he goes, watch out. And of course, when you hear watch out, instead of ducking your head and running off like you should do, I look up to see what's coming and what I should avoid, which was freaking <laughs> stupid. And a um, if you know about these pieces of metal that um, they're like these heat runs that go in the house to where it shoots the air conditioning or the heat to different rooms. You've seen it. It's like a yeah. skeleton that goes to the house. OK, so one of those fell and it hit right there on my forehead and split. So that injury is like 20 plus years, but it never uh, it's never going to go away. It's with me for life. But why I was saying that was because I've I've actually dealt with a very bad head injury. Number one, I'll tell you, it doesn't hurt. That's fucking weird. Number two, eventually like a burn comes. That's because you have that injury. You, you kind of know a little bit about this stuff, yeah. but I was able to actually touch my skull at one point. And that shit was scary. Um, and then there was that that bleed, you know, that bleed that comes on. But um, 
I basically, you usually have two shirts on sometimes in construction because you're going to get shit all over you and whatnot. So I took off that first layer shirt and just stuck it to my head and it kept it there until I got to the hospital. Again, not a lot of real pain at all in the forehead. That's why sometimes you'll see um, wrestling injuries on the forehead. It does not hurt as much. It goes over the face. Theatrically, it yeah. looks wonderful. Yeah. So I was just saying that when I see those, I kind of have a personal gauge on how much is too much and how much is, you know, and um, with Billy's situation, that was a pretty damn good cut. And then everybody handled it. There was nothing to really maybe handle, but everybody was down there and went, okay, she's good. How are you doing? Billy, Billy goes, okay, I'm good. This is, you know, and that's this how, is what we roll with. And that's how it should be. No matter. Well, the age, I think, does play a partner, but like for me, I think for me, I just my the parenting came out with me. I'm like, oh my god, like if that was, yep, yep, like, yep. I just like imagine, like I put myself in mouse shoes, like I'm, uh, I don't maybe he didn't do this card, but I know he's always at all the shows, and I know he was on the one before because like a Black Label Pro, like she came out and like move, move. So, but, like I just put, I originally thought the worst than what it was because I put myself in the parent parent shoes, but like. Like I said, yeah. that was that was one of those ones that looked way worse than what it was, and I'm glad that everything was fine and worked out good. And it's just me being overprotective as a parent. So no, uh, no, no. <laughs> I had my I had my theater head on. For me, I'm going, don't screw up your face. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. I was literally thinking, I hope she didn't cut up her face too much because her face is going to be hers, you I, know, and, and she's gonna that's going to carry her. I was just like about to say, like I was because my son's school pictures are coming up this week. I'm like, hey man, is she going back to school here? She's gonna have to take a picture with she's all that senior. big old with the big old cut on her head. Like I was, that's yeah. what I thought too. I was like, oh, she should take that as her senior picture. That'd be pretty badass. Yeah, she's a senior, and the only reason I know that is because uh, she posted something on Twitter, but also my son is a senior this year in high school, and one of the other boys that are in our group that go to the wrestling shows that you're going to meet on Friday is also a senior. He's a family member, too. So um, I just, yeah, I think one time I just dropped a message to her when she said, you know, hey, back to school, and she's sitting at a desk there, and I'm like, I will give you a thousand dollars if the teacher asks you what you did in the summer. Because <laughs> right. she just she fucking killed it all summer. I mean, she was working everywhere all the oh, time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the only reason I know that was because my son is also 17 years old and he is a senior. So congratulations to her. She has such a unique life experience going on. I hope that she gets to enjoy her senior year personally. Yeah, and I think she's going to, this is only going to turn out for a positive to her. It's just going to be all bloody, but she killed it. It was awesome. Uh, that was a that was a nice distraction because we've seen a lot of comedy matches, a lot of more like striking as we saw in the first match stuff. This was one of those ones. It's like, no, we got a badass heel. And mm -hmm. I, I wonder too how much that changed the game plan of the match, uh, how, that, how much blood came into her, like maybe... They called like a little audible on this on the spot, like, "Hey, like, I'm, we're gonna let's roll with this. Like, let me just beat you up here and make it look, put you, make you look real bad. And then, like, when you win, it's gonna be awesome because you beat me. Because after I just kicked your ass this entire match, so I think it was an awesome way to keep it going through for the night. But nice little change of pace, whether it be intentional or unintentional. Uh, it was a nice fun match with uh, Brogdon and uh, Young Bill." And that will lead us into our sixth match of the evening as we have another four-way match. Well, not another, multi, another multi-person match. We had a lot of them, which is good. I like seeing more talent, more stories being told, more variety, more entertainment. And our four people in this match is an Axton Ray, Jake Lander, Storm Grayson, and as I mentioned before, one Terry Yaki. 
And right away, I was I was in. Uh, X and Ray Teriyaki. I've seen uh, Jake Lander too. He, I, like I said, he reminds me of a little mini Michael Elgin. He's just all the fire powerhouse. Um, Axe and Ray's a giant powerhouse. And then we have the High Flyer and Teriyaki. Uh, this match was going to be fun and it definitely lived up to my expectations. And I, I can't go wrong with Axe and Ray and now Teriyaki for me. So, what was your opinions on this match? Well, I have a feeling Terry could stick to GCW at this point. He has the attitude, he's quick, he has, he's a scramble guy. For me, I, I'd immediately have no problems putting in a scramble. I think he is. Yeah, he's the quintessential scramble guy that GCW would want. OK, I had fun with this because I thought I heard it wrong, but it would be really cool if Axton put on a shirt. Axton is action. Yeah. Fucking stupid. But I wrote it down. So, you know, it was kind of funny. But um, here we go. Terry brought a jersey. Axton brought his grandma's doll that his grandma made for him. Uh, Lander brings a bubble machine. Storm said he's lost his belt, but instead he brings Frank the Clown. So for me, uh, I was really enjoying it. I like Frank the Clown um, because I know it's stupid. Here we go. I actually like Frank the Clown because I use his I like his amazing use of color. I, I love the colors in his hair. I love the jacket he wears. I love all the outfits. I'm a stupid sucker for that shit. I'm just admitting it out front. This is like the kid in me, I'm guessing. But I'm stupid jealous that there hasn't been like, I wish I would have come up with that character a long time ago. Cause I'm sure there was a way to run it. Yeah, I'm sure, man. And also I've heard this so many times from people that are new listening and I'm not telling Frank anything. I've heard so many people, including kids go, he needs to paint his whole face. It would be cool. And the reason I think they say that is because it would match the colorful hair, the colorful outfit, I think. So I don't know. That was all I wanted to say about that. Um, but it was just, that was what everybody brought to the show. So that's how we kicked this bad boy off. The match started with a four-man test of strength. Um, Storm has incredible length. That's something I actually wanted to talk about was he just has a really good length to him. Um, I haven't seen enough of him yet, but I think that if he continues to get older, get a little more, um, what's the word for it? Basically, when he matures out and gets a little bit thicker and whatnot, I think he's going to have a good enough look that um, if he just keeps working on his game, he probably will have a, a, a good job somewhere at some point. They all, uh, I think they all looked like, as you said, strong. Like there was a lot of, I think everyone except Teriyaki had like a moment where they kind of did something with two competitors to show off their strength, which was, I thought was pretty cool because everyone pretty much in there except Teriyaki was more of a strength person where Teriyaki brought the high flying. So I liked how you brought yeah. up like how they all look strong because that, that was like, I think the theme of this match is to make them all look big and strong and <laughs> toss each other around as like they did. Yeah, there was Terry chance going on through this thing. Everybody really, really, really liked teriyaki. I was even staying that yesterday when we were talking about that, like the Yaki chance and shit like it's connecting because I think it's just enjoyable. He's got a good look to him, so it's not like he's some mongrel looking kind of thing that just crawled out of some, you know, um, Okay, so one thing that I did notice about this match that I failed to mention earlier was that if you look real close, Axton looks huge next to most of these guys. Yeah. I mean, brick thick, huge. And same thing, still very strong. He's getting a good response from the crowd. And again, I'm really happy to see him back. I, I hope he doesn't get lost for a while in the crowd with everyone else. But yeah, it was a nice treat to see him back with us. That means that, you know, there was something he was doing right. Yes, like I said, I give you can give me Axon Ray, Teriyaki all day long. 
Um, this this was fun. I liked how they incorporated kind of teriyaki as kind of like, hey, this is the person we're throwing around the ring all the time. Like, um, but like all these competitors, like we we're talking about their strength, but they are also so agile and they do a lot of top rope moves too. Like Action Ray is surprisingly athletic and has a lot of agility. I've seen Jake Lander do some. Like, he's like he does like what Mercer does, just as a with a shorter statue, because he's very impressive in the ring with his strength and his agility. How he puts some of these moves together, like how uh, Shane Mercer does, and like I said, Storm Grayson. I haven't seen too much of him either, but like I know he did like a move. I think we had like two two the character uh, two competitors on his shoulders, and he did like a Samoa Samoa drop with them. So yeah, that just showed up. I I didn't think he had that kind of strength in him, but. This was this was a fun pace match. Like this was the the pacing of it was awesome. I like how they did a lot of stuff in the ring, went out for a little bit, then it goes back in. Um, mm-hmm. And I liked how they kind of incorporated the whole Frank Frank the Clown into it because uh, <laughs> I'm the opposite. I don't like Frank the Clown. I don't even know why. Maybe just because he is a clown and I find him, I have found him annoying. I haven't really watched him and stuff. I, the little stuff I seen him as a manager is like kind of annoying he's one of those managers i like to yeah. have to see kind of get beat up but that's his whole character and stick yep so i have the opposite effect but like i during especially during this whole match i'm like could somebody just go out there and punch him please and like shut him up because you just see him trying to <laughs> kind of resist the rest the entire time and um the one there was one crazy moment in this match where Axon ray just tosses joe landrell so high up in the yes. air yes catches him puts him in a gut buster lifts him up does a Tilt a world uh sit out power bomb. Like he just was throwing everyone around. But the height that Lando got, I remember watching him like, whoa, whoa, like I popped. Like, how high did he get there? Cause Lando got launched up. And that just I think we've talked about like Action Ray would be a good base in a lot of these matches. Uh uh-huh. and every t- every every match he's in, he proves like he he could do whatever you need him to do in a match. You want the comedy side and talk about grandma sandwich? He's got that. You want the technical <laughs> strength? Agility, he's got that. I loved how like when he came out with Carrie and Ricky Morton and dressed up as him and kind of had a more technical old school match because that's kind of how his look is more technical and old school. And I think yeah. just everything else is just cherries on top with him. Where once he puts it all together, it's going to be amazing. Okay, so on Axton, since we're there right now, there was a point where he was just beating the shit out of Terry. And the one thing I was noticing was that he wasn't getting any booze. So that tells me right now what the fans, at least at that venue, think about him. Now, on Lander's side, because I didn't really have a chance to talk too much about him, on my notes here, I put that they he had a lot of small, uh, small sporadic offense, but I put in here that there was a nice press slam on Terry. Uh, he's strong for his size, agile. He had an excellent backflip off of the middle rope into a headlock. Absolutely impressive. That's what I really have on him, and I don't want to minimize his efforts in the ring because he really did a damn good job in this four-way also. It's just that's what I had on him. And I put it down like that because, again, it was just small, sporadic offense. I want to see more of him to make a better opinion. But what I've seen so far, I'm really happy with, man. I, I think he would fit, too, in GCW quite well. Yeah, uh, I think everybody has their, had their spot moments in this match. Um, Jake Lander, I think I, he hasn't been on there too much. I think maybe I've seen him less than five times in GCW. I, mean, I could be wrong. Yeah. But every time I've seen him, he's just he's impressive. Like uh they could do a lot of stuff with him too um axon ray though i just he's just so polished like i think he's like years above his age of like how skillful he is in the ring kind of like a nick wayne where like you shouldn't be doing that kind of smooth transitions from move to move as well as 
those two do and those two just come top to my head because they just seem like polished like nothing's forced it's not like they're going too fast or they're trying to play catch up of what's going on it seems like they are in charge of what's going on in the ring they got the body control and like i said the smooth christmas crispness that comes like with a 20-year veteran and it's just very cool seeing action ray as a, at a young age having that kind of fluidity and Teriyaki with watching this match kind of reminded me of like old kind of Kofi Kingston where he's just he'll do the cool moves but then the rest of the night he's just the one getting tossed around and mm -hmm. taking all the damage so that's a it's a good start though it's a little good role for him I don't know how young he is he seems pretty young but I think as he gets more screen uh screen time with these bigger platforms and other promotions I, he's just going to keep growing and growing where like maybe next scramble he'll be in charge of half the offense and stuff can't wait to see it's kind of teriyaki has his little like two minute spurt of just going crazy in a scramble and just bearing everybody up showing all his offensive moves and strengths and talents that he, we really haven't seen too much yet our winner in this match ended up being so to speak axton ray or i'm sorry just as we were dude here <laughs> i am again tired as shit everybody's gonna have to really apologize I mean, you know they're just gonna have to deal with it bear with um, us these next couple of days we're cranking oh. out four shows hopefully in four days it's gonna be a blast but uh, we're mentally and our mouse might not be moving at the same time okay okay so no lie i'll let everyone know i'm actually full-time work where some of it's at home because i help out you know my family i'm also full-time in school right now which is not generally expected of people my age but i'm actually changing into a different career and um then i have a podcast so <laughs> it ends up being quite a bit of work and um so yeah so if people hear oh tired or stuttering you'll know exactly why and what's going on yeah it's full time and then you know of course wife family i have a kid and everything so you know and then sometime in there i squeeze in a little bit of playstation and uh and uh time for myself if i'm lucky so yeah so, but, uh, no one was unhappy in this match dude and then right it. at the end no 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 yeah i uh i'll i'll take another one please yeah but, but yeah axton ends up getting everything he won everything in the show and tell and frank is trying to hop away in cuffs and try to escape axton picks him up throws him over his shoulder and walks out of the ring wonder what if they're gonna bring him back for part three maybe axton ray brings frank the clown as his show and tell since he now owns oh shit that's really creative honestly i think that would even be good i i don't have a problem with frank the clown coming over but he's so goddamn annoying that i <laughs> might have a problem with him coming over i'm the same way i just i love the use of color and character on you know i love the presentation but uh yeah his heel persona right now is not not uh not a hundred percent for me <laughs> so for our seventh matchup of the evening we have another six-man tag match as team one of Dylan McQueen, Hunter Drake, and Jeffrey John go against Bobby Flacco, Rico Gonzalez, and Sean Campbell. And a uh, couple more new competitors, still a couple more newer competitors in GCW as Bobo, Bobby Flacco, Rico, and Sean, and Hunter Drake have came back into a GCW ring. Um, so... I was interested to see what different what different stuff they brought to this uh, match than we saw at a prior match. So I was in that what is what I was looking forward to and into this match and kind of learning more about Dylan McQueen and Jeffrey John because I haven't heard I've seen Dylan McQueen on Twitter. I haven't really caught any of their matches. Um, Jeffrey John I'd never heard of before, so I was interested to see what I was going to find out during this show and tell part of the GCW Settlement Series Part Two. What was your thoughts on this match? Uh, okay, right off the gate. 
It was nice to see Bobby Rico and Sean back from the Atlanta show. They um, they ended up showing me enough talent and just enough personality on that Atlanta show that I remembered him. That's that's good. So Bobby, Rico and Sean, good job, man. You guys were memorable enough that it was really nice to see you again. You had enough there that, you know, so we start to go into this portion where we find out who's given what at the show and tell. Dylan has personality. I just wanted to make sure I mentioned that because he does have he does have this weird effy kind of thing going on with the body, with the attitude, with the whole thing. It's but it's completely different flavor, though. And even with the look and everything else, it's it's different. It's like it's not completely the same. Um but his team brought protein powder from Dylan's locker room because that's the best stuff in the game. It's, you know, the greatest stuff out there. And Rico's team brought an authentic Mexican pinata. So the first thing I thought was, I'm really hoping there's something in that pinata. But uh, I was, yeah, that was, that I was, was my start. To Legos. Or, oh, or, or a good little callback would have been goldfish. That would have been kind of fresh up goldfish. Dude, I would have the fat kid in me is legit thinking candy. <laughs> but um, there's a point where Rico brings the pinata in the ring and he's kind of protecting it. Uh, my question here was, is Hunter actually fighting barefoot with shin guards on or is does he have like thin toe shoes going on? If he does more power to him, but I'm just now kind of seeing it because I, I was kind of looking at his feet during one of his moves and I go, does he have thin shoes on or? Yeah, it looks like or... he's just got the regular wrestling shoes on underneath the no heads. That's what it looks like. Just looking at it huh. right now. Yeah, uh, there was a there was towards the end of this match. There was a point where Sean Campbell did what KG called a trust fall <laughs> to break up a pin. That was kind of a cool little call. And the last thing I wanted to kind of say that was within this match, there was a point where we heard Rico blap, get the pinata. And, you know, I wouldn't have come up with that. So kudos to them. Yeah, that was the highlighted match uh, for me was that one. This was a more comedy match. Um, Pretty good in ring talent. I wish they kind of would have spent more time. Well, I guess with these competitors, the comedy fits probably their characters more. But I really wish they would have been a little bit more serious in the ring. But it's still entertaining. It's still fun. It is the GCW sentiment series. I still got to sometimes change my mode of thinking when I go into the show. Like, just go into enjoy it and not watch the in-ring action. Just enjoy all the comedy and the fun entertainment that they are providing. Because it is... I like the creativity that they're getting with these show-and-tells. The stories that they brought in to bring the cases on each other. Um, I'm actually kind of interested to see where part three, part four, part five goes. Like I, I want to see where all this leads up to by the end of this whole sediment series, but, uh-huh. but, uh, then bringing out the, the protein powder and the pinata, the pinata, like I said, that, that's what I thought too. I was like, there's gotta be like Legos or like, I, I was thinking the goldfish, but I was like, there's no way they could call back the goldfish. Cause there's no, um, who do you go against? Asriel? Asriel wasn't out there. So, yeah, but. I was I was interested to see how the pinata would play into this match. Um, it it was a fun match. It was fun, entertaining. I it was it did what it needed to do. I think with all the other matches going on too, that was a good spot for all these six competitors to get more ECW, more uh, bigger platform time. And it it was fun. It was a fun, entertaining match. Um, nice to see though, Bobby Flacco, Rico Gonzalez, especially for me. Like I really like those two. I think the they were pretty fun in the Atlanta scramble. So I was like, I was really happy to see them back in the GW ring. And our winner ended up being Dylan McQueen, Hunter Drake, Jeffrey John. Here's how it happened. Dylan Allen asked, 
wow, this is a rough one tonight, my friend. <laughs> okay. So there was a point where Rico was pinning Hunter Drake. Dylan comes over, pushes Hunter Drake, and basically rolls him onto Rico to get the pin. So that's how Dylan, Hunter, and Jeffrey John ended up getting that win. Uh, that was a fun, that was a decent length match. You were saying you wanted a little more, was what you were saying? More like without the Something's... comedy. Yeah, oh, I, 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 I felt a lot of comedy here, but like I said, I I don't know. I got sucked in, like, during this match, I kind of got sucked into, like, I'm missing more in-ring stuff. Maybe because, like, the whole night's been kind of more comedy. Like I said, sometimes I got to change my mode of what, what GCW show I'm watching. Like, like when I go into a, the tournament of survival, I turn on my violent mode where I'm going to prepare myself. I'm going to see lots of violence. But after seeing the settlement series part one and already almost three fourths of this one, I should have been more prepared for the comedy and stuff like that. But during this match, my mind just kind of switched. Like I, I wrote down, like, I wish I would have saw, like, they had a lot of cool spots and stuff like that. I just, the, with the storytelling, I don't know. Like, I my brain went foggy during this one. It was a long weekend. Um, I just wish I would have <laughs> saw some more different different styles, I guess. But it was it was fun. I just was expecting something different from what, how the match started off, what I thought would, would happen. Okay, so I'm a fucking goof. So for me, one of the things I wrote down was that I actually liked watching the fans pick the candy out of the fucking broken pinata. I was watching like a full grown man, full grown man over there, and he was like literally looking through and picking out specific things. I mean, it was really enjoyable, really enjoyable match, man. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was fun. It was definitely entertaining. I, I see your point though. I see your I, point I don't know, though. Yeah, my my brain just crossed wires during this match. It nothing on them was just like I don't know. Like I like I said. Great cross wires, long weekend watching wrestling. Um, it was I did I didn't like hate the match. I just was kind of expecting something else to play out during it, and it did have like now I even think about it, it did have a lot of crazy high spots, crazy maneuvers. So it, yeah, like I said, maybe I just got confused and didn't write down as good of notes as I should have because it was a long wrestling weekend. But again, you I, I definitely been tired. Want, yeah, I definitely want to see all six back again and maybe even a way more comedic match like somehow. Bobby Flacco brings out that uh, motorbike again and starts doing some outside the ring again. I don't know. Maybe that's what was going through my head was more comedy stuff like that. But oh, it was a nice, solid match. Definitely want to see all six of them back in the ring, um, in a GCW ring, especially sometime soon. And that will lead us into match number eight of the evening. And this was one of the ones I was looking forward to as well. And it is Everett. Let me know Connors going against Jimmy fucking Lloyd. And yes, I was excited for this one. I thought kind of like the opposite. Like I wanted to see the in-green action of this one, but I knew it was kind of going to be more comedy than the last match where I thought it was going to be more comedy. <laughs> Got in-ring, but what a different in-ring. I don't know. I was definitely looking forward to it because I'd never seen these two kind of go at it. And I'm, I'm interested still to see how well Jimmy Lloyd's moving. And this match kind of showed he was way more better. I thought maybe he had an injury and that's why we haven't been seen him too much or even in these scrambles he just pops in here or there um it was nice seeing jimmy lloyd moving around more towards 100 than what we've seen previously what did everett connors and jimmy lloyd bring to show and tell uh let's see <laughs> uh everett brings his grandma's pills to show and tell <laughs> and being being who I'm now realizing he is, is the Joker. He's saying, you know, she needs these to survive. 
you know, it's really important that she has these. She's probably looking for them. And then he says, you know, he'll see her when she gets home. God rest her soul. It's yeah. Just, it's hilarious, dude. He has then, something uh, against his grandma. Like, he's always, everyone's like, oh, this is my grandma's favorite wrestler. My grandma's a dumb idiot. Blah, blah, blah. Like, in his little skit. <laughs> when I saw those, I'm like, he don't care if the grandma gets those pills or not. He probably wants grandma to go because the, she's always rooting against him. So I, I really liked how he played into that part. <laughs> And then, of course, Jimmy Lloyd, everybody's laughing because he goes, I started smoking at eight years old. <laughs> everybody's like losing it. So he pulls out this vape pen. He goes, but now I vape. And this is what I want to show all of you. And this is a bad habit. But I <laughs> so want it. But I also want those fucking pills that he starts charging over and Everett. And that's kind of how the match really starts. And then um, Jimmy finds himself towards the outside and the first big major spot of the match everett starts uh this is primarily close to the start of the match i think this is just everett's real big first move after jimmy tried to jump him but he tries to no he doesn't try he hits this uh tope suicida outside and it's like a diving ddt onto the floor it's just for me it's a lot to kind of explain so i really think honestly that this is going to be the show that i'm going to have to say was probably the most stuttering for me so i'm going to go ahead and tell everybody now i'm pretty sure this is probably my most reckless episode (laughs) um I don't know why I thought of that during a diving DDT, but I thought I'd put it in there a little bit because it was just, uh, I think people need to know that this is not a normal show for, for me, but, (laughs) uh, Jimmy vapes while he's wrestling minutes after that, you have Jimmy pulling like a new vape from his pants. I did the last one get lost or was it thrown away by the referee? I don't remember. I don't remember how he lost it. That's why I was kind of remembered during the match too. I don't remember how it lost. I never went back and rewound it. So I did miss yeah. that part, but it was funny. Like, of course, Jamie would have a backup for his backup. <laughs> can't live without it. So he definitely comes well prepared with the, with the vape pens. And KG was calling him Jimmy Vaping Lloyd. That was <laughs> and, awesome. Uh, and the vape god. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Everett had a top rope jumping. Like, he had a top rope jump into a spinning DDT onto the floor. It's just this guy actually has a, a more guts than I really thought. And I think his youth and his length and his lankiness, I think, keeps him from not getting injured as much as somebody like him could, because it seems like he don't have much fear, man. Yeah, this was like, this, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I, I'm just he just has hardly any fear whatsoever. I've watched him just spot after spot after spot. I've watched him get picked up on top ropes where he has to really trust whoever has a hold of him. It's like. I don't know what he says no to, but it hasn't been heights and it hasn't been, you know, blood. And uh, I don't, I'd like to know his limit. How about him and Cologne? No shot. <laughs> that one, I don't think so. Cologne wouldn't allow it. Oh, Cologne would, it would not be a uh, very long match, I think, if Cologne got in there with the light tubes of Everett Connor. But this yeah. was more of an Everett Connors match. I know a couple like shows ago I was talking about, like, it's not, I don't feel like it's the same Everett Connors in back. And these last two shows that we've seen him at have definitely felt more like the old school Kevin Connor or Everett Connors, because especially uh, in today's in this match, um, like he gets to talk more. He gets to do his little care, like the charismatic part in him came out in this match for sure. And his wrestling was Jimmy Lloyd was the perfect opponent to sit there and kind of help him out on all these moves. And like Everett, as you said, I think Everett changes. Maybe he does change his move style off who's rest off of who he's wrestling against. Maybe trust. Jimmy Lloyd more, more Jimmy Lloyd more to do 
these kind of moves than he did not do in the last couple of matches. But this was Devra Connors that I've kind of grown to love. I'm glad to see him coming, kind of coming back to form. Um, and like I said, it was nice seeing Jimmy Lloyd seem to come back to being healthy. This was a fun, entertaining match to me. I liked where one part, um, Edward Connors off the top rope went for like the, the blockbuster onto Jimmy Lloyd, but it kind of turned into like, I, I don't know if that was the same move you're talking about. Currently it kind of looked into like a flipping DDT. The way, yes, yeah. the way Jimmy Lloyd sold it was what made it look that way. I think it was supposed to be a blockbuster, but Jimmy Lloyd likes selling those, like those spots where he gets dropped on his head. He really likes trying to stick it or flip it to make it look more impactful. And that's where Jimmy Lloyd, I think is the unsung hero with some of the stuff that he does to make these other wrestlers uh -huh. look good. Like that's why they trust Jimmy Lloyd in these scramble matches with all the new guys or trust him in big spots and big death matches. Cause they know he's going to add more value to the match by with his selling, but also because he's such a veteran at, whatever whatever age he is like he's still been doing it long enough where he's in there with these younger guys that trust him to do these moves so i think he's one of these unsung heroes in gcw that be everybody i think that's why everybody loves him and that's why he gets one of the larger chance during his matches because the fans respect how much he does and the versatility that jimmy lloyd does he's kind of like aj gray where hey whatever you need me for i'm here i'm here boss throw me in i don't i'll do whatever it takes to help this company keep on going and making the show better by any part i can improve it you're you know you're right about how jimmy takes that bump so well i think jake the snake roberts would have had a wet dream <laughs> having him as an opponent because that ddt would have popped so fucking hard um mr perfect also had an excellent standing ddt yeah um but yeah there was a grandma's pills chant i really thought that was kind of nice it seems like when it comes to the settlement series grandma gets a front row <laughs> every time um they both oh i'm sorry I, the winner of this match. Go ahead. You, no, no. you know which one wants to go. What do you think? No, you go, you go. Mine's not on okay. topic. The winner of the match was Everett Connors. He had a Canadian destroyer on Jimmy Lloyd. Fantastic. Uh, they both end the match by sitting in the ring together. Jimmy now is taking Everett's grandma's pills, and Everett is now vaping Jimmy Lloyd's vape. Sharing is caring, and that makes yeah. everybody happy. What were you going to say, man? Let so, me hear it. Right when you said the grandma stuff, it just came to my mind. Like, maybe that's what they're going to. I think they should dress up Alley Catch and dress up Asha, maybe, or whoever. Oh, my God. And do Everett Connors' grandma versus Axon Ray's grandma match. Sandwich versus Pills match. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What a great idea. Someone dressing up as grandma. <laughs> oh, my God. As you said, we've had a lot of mentions to grandmas during these first two uh, settlement oh. series shows. We're like, hey, why not during the third or fourth episode dress someone up? Even if Everett Connors dressed up as his grandma, Axon Ray dressed up as his grandma, and then the grandmas start doing 450s and diving out of the ring yeah. and starting grandma holy shit chance. Like, why not at this point during this self-sediment series? Like, why not? That's fantastic. That that really is a fantastic idea. I can't believe. Yeah, that's if, another one. I'm like, damn, I wish I would have thought of that one. If we get a grandma versus grandma match, or like I said, someone dresses up as grandmas, whether it be Alley Catch, Masha, Everett, Axon, they, that will be the, our sign that we know that they are listening to this show. Because I don't think anybody's going to go out there and put a grandma versus grandma match on. On oh my gosh. Uh, IWTV, independent wrestling TV. But I know a company that will, and that is GCW. Oh my gosh, yeah. I, I hope nobody's, yeah, I hope nobody's getting ideas from our heads. It's not always going to be the best <laughs> one sometimes. <clears throat> one of the things I was thinking of here after I was watching this match especially, I'm curious about seeing a newer version of jimmy versus masha 
because my god between those two she can give a punch and he can take a punch yeah they're both healthy would be nice because i think the last time we saw both of them you know actually that was like in san francisco where basha went against but maybe that's yeah i need a new version good. yeah that would I be need fun. a new version I the like last it. one wasn't as as good as that i think it could have been uh, and it looks like masha's healthy now yeah i want to see masha do the version of i'm going to kick his fucking head in like i want to see that <laughs> badass masha just just destroy jimmy lloyd i think that'd be such a cool little match and that will lead us into match number nine of the as we have asf going against ace burnett and hey speaking about grandmas maybe we got old grandpa burnett into this match to make it a little triple threat match grandmas versus grandpas all right, I've got to get off that thing, man. If it happens, it's, though, it is a good idea. Yeah, if it happens, it's, you'll hear me scream wherever you are listening or watching this on YouTube, wherever you get this channel, you will hear me scream and pop if I ever see two grandmas or I will just throw in Chase Burnett and the grandpa match. I'll tell you what, they mentioned grandma first, so they might already have something in motion well beforehand. But yeah, uh, wow, ASF and Chase Burnett. Yeah, dude. same thing. I had the same thought going into it. Wow. Like, uh, Hey, let's see what happens. But uh, it wasn't ASF that came out. It was just the A. So maybe without the S and F, oh, yeah. <laughs> maybe without the S and F, maybe that will give Chase uh, Burnett a little extra chance to beat. Uh, I had the same thoughts when I saw this match. I'm like, but what's going to happen? Like some ASF's going to kill it. Chase Burnett, we've seen him turn it on as grandpa against Blake Christian, which was cool. But I was very interested to see what <laughs> happened during this match. So these are two very different styles. I really didn't know what to expect either. Um, Uncle Chase for show and tell brings an iced out chain from back in the day when he used to rob people for Pokemon cards. <laughs> and ASF brings a chain that was gifted by Gringo Loco. So we officially have the battle of the change. Um, I'm sorry, the chains. Um, ASF was making everything look good. He, I mean, he looked good. Everything looked good tonight. This was one of those situations where a hundred percent, he knew he was more on a single stage. So he was going to have a bigger stage than he normally would. And he really did put a hell of an effort when it comes to trying to go out there and take an advantage of the, you know, the position he was given that night. Chase had quite a few unique moves, including what looked like a unique curb stomp. I don't even know what to call it. But yeah, an overall like ground-based fight. This wasn't high flying as much as ASF would normally do. He you know, he obviously had to incorporate some of his offense because that is some of his offenses up on those top ropes. So this really did ground more towards Chase's level for me, honestly. It was refreshing just to see ASF in the single situation. And I it was a little short. Not complaining, but I'm complaining just a touch. I would have liked to have seen more Chase. I really enjoyed him the last time I saw him. So I was just hoping to kind of see him again um, in a in a 10-minute or an 8-minute match, maybe. It was just so short. I didn't have the time on this one. It wasn't given to me, and I didn't time it. But it, it was kind of short. But it, I think this one meant, was meant to be short. Yeah, I was just about to think the same way. This is kind of going back to back a couple of shows ago. This is like the this was, I think, the... At the main event, but the semi-main event. So I think it was definitely had its purpose of, hey, let's got, get ASF out there, get Chase Burnett out there. Um, I think this was the first time I have seen ASF in a, maybe not the first, but first time in a long time. I'm trying to quickly look, seeing ASF in a GCW ring um, without Ringo Loco in it. Either it be a six-person tag match, a regular tag match, or 
a scramble match. And uh, looks like they did one back in May. But against Alec Price. But it's been a long time. And it's obviously since we've seen ASF not in a ring with Gringo Loco. So I'm always interested in those cases. See how these performers do. The ones, especially the ones that kill it. Like ASF obviously is the number one person that kills it with Gringo. I'd like to see what they would do without a Gringo there. Not saying that ASF is not capable of doing it. We just haven't really seen much of it. And I've always... When I see that happen, I'm like, okay, let's see what happens when kind of the general the ring general is not there. And you might be the ring general in this match or Chase might be like, or maybe you both got to be where I think a lot of during these matches, everyone kind of relies on Gringo Loco to make sure, hey, the spot's about to happen, get in the spot or, hey, we're about to do this. Like he makes sure people are in the right spots and helps out in the dynamic of the match and makes it run more smoothly. I'm always interested to see the wrestlers that that are on the outside during those matches now, they, they have to be the one to make sure that match goes smoothly. And ASF is, he's incredible. I, I don't even think, I don't even know how young he is. I think he's like actually older than we think he is, but he's definitely more polished and definitely could definitely call the match by himself. There's no doubt about that one. And Chase Burnett's always entertaining to see, even when he's playing the old uh, grandpa gimmick. Um, He was perfect for ASF here. I think that pulled, was a nice little dynamic of old grandpa against flashy ASF and, uh, ASF does end up picking the victory up as he hits Chase Burnett with the shooting star press. Um, nice, fun little eight, nine minute match. I forgot how long it was, but it was nice. How the timing of it was perfect because Chase got to do his thing and get to go over ASF showed that he could hold his own. And I definitely want to see more singles ASF um, in other matches. That will lead us in to the main Our main event. event. Oh, that's funny. Oh. We didn't even mean to do that. What they didn't they call? Oh, that that the they didn't say the main event at the end. Uh, I don't know if you have this in your notes or not. Maybe I'll just I, I'm saying it because I don't know, I haven't seen it, but like I like how at the end instead of like how we said the main event, like at the end he goes, uh, KG goes, let's get ready to settle <laughs> instead of let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> I love that. But uh, going into the main event of the night is a six man tag match as Cole Radrick, Shane Mercer, and Tony Deppin. Going against Latigo, Drago Kid, and Toxin. And this was fun. This was, I kind of <laughs> called it the night before with Shane Mercer. This was kind of like his weekend. Um, this is another match of this weekend where I think he was kind of the highlighted a lot this weekend and showing off what he can do in the ring. And I'm so glad for him because see, like I said, we've named like once once a weekend, we could say this is Sheik's weekend, this is Cole's weekend, this is uh kevin blackwood's weekend this one i think was shane mercer's and um especially with him and with the luchadors i kind of want to see how far he could throw luchadors after he threw marco stun i was kind of wondering all right drago kid you're up can you beat six rows oh my gosh yeah after that spot the other you know last day that uh, yesterday that we were reviewing holy shit yeah <laughs> okay so gringo local joins commentary after this i'm gonna tell you like I was really surprised, but he's really good on commentary. Yeah. He's really good on commentary. I, I don't know how many times I've really paid attention to it, but this is the first time I, since I was reviewing it and writing it down. Pretty yeah. good, man. That's the first time I've seen him or heard him on commentary. It was awesome. Like I think how Nick Gage is, should be kind of in the commentaries during some of these death matches. I think if Ringo's not going to be part of the heavy luchador matches, like I think having him on commentary will still get him on TV on this crowd the crowd or the fans at home get to we might not be able to see gringo but we could hear his knowledge so i think even when he's not participating in the match having him on commentary provides a lot of positives to 
that match or that event because I, as a fan, was awesome hearing all the luchador knowledge that Gringo Loco was dropping. Yeah, um, he added a lot to it, a lot more than I really expected. Maybe uh, once he's done with scrambles or whatnot, yeah, he can sit in on some of these things because he obviously has been trained. And so he's going to know a lot of these moves. You know what? It'd be really funny to see him sit down with Emil and those two just call moves. Holy crap. I want to see, um, I can see that like on a Twitch, just have him just watching crazy old school door matches and see them mark out and drop all the knowledge that they have. I'd be <laughs> in for that. I'd pay to subscribe for that one. It's like a nerd fest kind of thing because, you know, those guys really nerd out that you have to love it to, to really get that in depth yeah. with all those moves. Um, Cole Mercer and Deppen end up starting out with a key to Rexchick Mountain as their show and tell item. Latigo, Toxin, and Drago, they're going to put a luchador mask on the line. So there really is a lot going on the line here, especially with the key to Rexchick Mountain. I, I, don't, I don't know what's all involved in that, but uh, wow, I wonder what that opens. I would have uh, been interested to see what wow. that would open. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it could be scary. Who knows? <laughs> Deppen and Latigo in this match especially were awesome. They shined quite a bit. I realized this about three quarters of the way through when I was looking at my notes, and quite a few of the notes say Deppen, 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 Latigo, Latigo, Deppen. So um, here we go. Deppen had a uh, hard-hitting but hilarious dive outside onto everyone. Then comes Cole with the second rope backflip. Uh, Deppen is just chilling on a chair outside the ring after that move. He's just taking it easy. I thought that was really, uh, enter just enter. I hear the word enter. I say the word entertaining with Deppen all the time. So some, I'm going to have to get a thesaurus on that one, but here we go. Deppen looks great tonight. There's my other note on that one. Mercer was kind of quiet for the first four or five minutes. And then he kind of appeared towards the end. So I even put in my notes, I kind of forgot Mercer was in this until he appeared back in the ring again. Not only that though, he was fresh. Yep. So I knew they kind of wrote out how they were going to do this. They weren't going to just completely gas him throughout the whole thing. That's why I was thinking yeah. too. I was like, Hey, he's like, why is he taking so long? And then like, once he got in there, I was like, all right, we're going to find out what Cole Radjic means about wreck shit. Cause he's about to wreck some luchadors after what he did to, Marco stunt the night before. I was excited. Once he came in, I was like, all right, this monster is just going to be tossing luchadors all over the arena. And like the fans are going to be standing over here, over here. Um, this was fun. Like I actually even liked how we talked about, we want to see more wrestlers get mic time. And I think the, these shows have been awesome for that because they all get mic time. They like, yeah. they might not take it. They might make it short and sweet or they let like, I think Pollo DeMar did the talking for one of the wrestlers and didn't really talk, but. Like, I think this is the cool opportunity where it doesn't take away a lot of time. Just have them drop a one minute, two minute promo and boom. Now we get to see more of the characters or like this match, like what's going to make this match important to us. And I think that's kind of what I've been asking for the last couple of weeks is once seeing all these new names get mic time, even if it's just for this short amount of time, this was awesome. Like I'll go back at the end, like Raddy Daddy gets on the mic again. And I think like him to hearing his promos, like I want to see more ratty daddy getting the promos i want to see more wrestlers getting more promo times and i think this show the purpose of this show is hitting that spot so i was going to kind of mention this at the end but if you wanted to see more of cole radrick he actually had that documentary come out the life of cole radrick it's on iwtv if you're a fan of gcw or cole radrick definitely check it out because these these documentaries especially cole's though they kind of go a little further into 
how these performers live. And then guess what? It's normal. They live normal ass lives. They have fears. They have happiness. They have sadness. They have goals. They have dogs. They have cats. They have rent. Fucking do outside interest, not then wrestling. (laughs) But it's just, it's just, you see all of those things and it's really nice. So yeah, Cole Radrick's, like I said, I haven't lied. He's, he's one of my favorites. I really support him a lot. He's one of my Midwestern kind of, you know, guys. Um, so I do recommend that for anybody who really wants to see it. But Drago was taking serious punishment. Latigo and Toxin were putting in a hell of a lot of hard work for a couple minute stretches here and there. Drago Kid jumped on Toxin's shoulders and performed an insane moonsault to the outside of the ring onto Colin Deppen. Go check that out if you have a chance. Drago's the guy who always likes to jump on his shoulders. Yep. So okay. if you have a chance, check that out. Blurries of moves. Plenty of double, triple moves. Everyone got in their topes. The crowd was impressed. There were chants left and right. Everybody was happy after this one. This was a great main event, man. Yeah, Tony fits in well, too, with the Luchador stuff. I know, like, he had the whole thing going into the collective of trying to get onto Gringo Locos, the world on Lucha, because, like, he kind of made jokes of, like, see, I can do Lucha stuff. Like, just, I, I wrestled Lucha style just without the flips. Like, I can do these flips, but... I choose not to, so I should still be in the lucha matches because I don't do flips. I still wrestle like a luchador. I can, so I like seeing Tony Deppin interact with these luchadors because he could go with anybody, like any style. We've seen the hard hitting style against Moxley. We've seen the just straight technical matches, like with the Masha Slamovich or Kevin Blackwood, and then like the luchadors. He makes them all look good, just like how Gringo Loco does. And I know there was one spot in this match. I don't know. I, it just caught my eye. This is probably nothing. This is me on the outside. I'm not an actual wrestler. But like Cole Radjic, you know, they were holding um, the wrestlers outside. Shane and Tony were from behind, which just kind of makes it more realistic instead of like, I know a couple weeks ago they're talking about fan, the couple of fans or somebody brought up like, and they hate like when wrestlers just stand out the ring waiting to catch the people for like 10 seconds. And like, I, I kind of understand it how I look at it. I don't really notice it too much unless it's like really bad. Like this one, I kind of noticed it a little bit because Shane Mercer and Tony Depp are holding them outside. Paul Radrick then decides to run across the ring off the ropes and then go to the outside. But he did his little tiger fake kick. Like he wasn't going yes, for the kick, yeah. just to go to the outside. And then once he got to the outside, did the flip outside and i just saw like a look of disgust on tony deppin's face of like when it finally hit like tony deppin just walks right by the camera and like away from the carnage <laughs> but he's like fucking like about time like that took forever like and that just made me kick and think of like tony deppin as a locker room leader how i think he sh- kind of probably is or should be or a lot of the younger talent probably does listen to him but if they're not they'd absolutely should because he could provide a lot of knowledge i wonder if maybe he gets into cole radrick's like head and say hey if it's going to take you that long to do that move, dude, it's going to, it kind of makes us look bad. It makes the, the opponents look bad. Like you might want to either quicken that up or shorten it or drop it because that was kind of an unnecessary little tiger fade. But like that little moment caught my eye. Like he always hits it perfectly. Whenever Cole does hit it, it's like usually makes sense. Like that one just kind of didn't make sense for me, but I love seeing him do that move. Like I don't want to see him get rid of it. If I'm interested now, I'm going to be focusing and see if he does that move in his future matches. Cause I just saw the look in Tony's face was like, God damn it. Like that took too long kid. Like, let's go. Like I want to see Tony be more like, I like seeing that. Cause it makes him like, I just see his wrestling brain going, trying to tell the story and it kind of maybe not hurt the match, but it took a little bit too long in his eyes where I think he could get to these younger wrestlers. I want to see, we have a lot of talk in the wrestling world now about, 
the younger talent listen to older talent and like i've been there i've seen younger talent like not even younger 10 years into the business and listening to someone who's 13 years in the business but they wrestled in a different side of the world than that wrestler did but to get that knowledge like hey you're not in there in the ring but you could get some of the mental knowledge to prepare yourself and try to use that kind of style in your kind of style now so i love hearing the veterans give the younger talent speeches and top pep talks and i think this was one of those moments that popped in my mind it was like yeah i think cole's gonna get a little talking to after this match so i'm thinking it might have just been a misstep exactly and maybe that's- his recovery was this move yeah and I'm I'm just wondering if that's what it was, but off the top of my head, because I've seen Cole so much and I know that move is very snappy generally mm. a lot. Well, no, the move is generally a lot more snappy than it was put there. So I'm thinking maybe it was just a misstep and the recovery was I'll just go ahead to this next move or there was just a misstep somewhere else. And I, and I um, like how it played out. Yeah. Like it usually always plays out. I really like seeing it, but like it just seemed like this one, I just said, maybe there was a misstep or like he just took that one little hesitation, but maybe it was like, and Tony, like the KG goes, Oh, Tony had something in his eye. He was rubbing his eye. So maybe Tony Deppin was mad that something happened to his eye, but it just like his reaction, I think was fuck this. I was like, that just kind of went in my mind. I was like, I wonder how much influence Tony Deppin will have on like younger talent, like Cole Radrick, where if he says something to them, or if he goes out of his way to make mentions on just like little moments like that, where Probably not, nobody else noticed it. I just happened to notice it because I just was paying attention during that time. But like those little things that make these wrestling matches better, I think Tony could give a lot of knowledge and probably does with those little minute things that as fans, we think it's minute, but as wrestlers, they probably like, probably Cole's like, oh, like I took too long even. Probably he's maybe even mentally beating himself up with, but like, I just want to see like how that affects his move. It might not even, as you said, but that just was something that cop- popped in my mind during that little part of the match that i saw the creative part of me is saying that maybe that's a setup for depp and going after cole's title it'd be a now cool again, though, callback if it was but at the but at the same time too i know that title is a very uh rough title to keep and i don't think that those kind of matches are in tony's wheelhouse and 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 i respect that because that's only for certain people but that's what i'm thinking would be if it were a title that didn't involve those kind of matches that may be the first little sign that Tony's going, mm-hmm. Yeah. Time to come after him. And I've seen Tony go against like these, I think it was like Joey Janelli he went against and he was like, hey, we ain't getting any of this fuckery going on. Like, get this shit out of here. Like, this is not what we're doing tonight. Like, I met, like I think he would be a cool, like, anti-ultra or anti-extreme title holder because he's like, nope, I'm the champion. We ain't getting extreme. This is my rules. We're not making this an extreme match. And that'd be kind of a good way to get heel heat because obviously the fans want to see the violence and shit. So I think that'd be a good oh, way wow. to get the That's heat against one. him and stuff like that for even a couple defenses. And then you finally get Paul Radjic comes back and just totally just comes out in his light tubes and stuff like that and gloves and just like, now you got no choice, Tony. Ring that bell. Let's go. I just like my creative mind was going a lot of different spots during this match because I thought of a lot of cool possibilities in my mind of matchups and how i would get to that matchups and stuff like that but this match was very entertaining uh shane mercer does just toss the shit out of everyone like this was the weekend of mercer i loved it i love seeing uh like toxine and latigo i do want to see more too because they're they have like a they're bigger luchadors so they're able to do more stuff than other just flying around like asf style they they could do all that stuff but then they are such bigger wrestlers that they could do a lot of the power stuff too so i definitely want to see those two back in a gcw ring they could definitely fit in with all the luchadors and scrambles that gcw has been putting on lately 
Come see Los Macisos, baby. Oh, that'd be they nice. Have, they, have, they have the same body types. They're probably roughly the same. You know what I mean? You can tell a 20-year-old wrestler from a 30, from a 40. I think they're probably close to the same age. They look like they have the same build. I can't see height until I look for it. I didn't check the build height on them. But um, I just, I thought they would be um, crazy needs to meet crazy. Yeah. I'm impressed. Yeah, it was fun. Like that, uh, To end off the night, that was super fun um super fun main event as cole radrick shane mercer and tony deppin end up with the victory as they spiked toxine right onto his head that means that cole radrick shane mercer and tony deppin get to keep ask that line or so we thought right this goes into the cole radrick promo i loved how he said like hey that's awesome that we won it's awesome wrestling against you guys but this mask doesn't mean the same or won't mean the same in my hands or on my head as much as it is for you guys and for your culture and your wrestling. So we're going to give it back to you because you would represent it better than I did. And I thought that was such a cool baby face promo and so awesome seeing Cole Radrick get that mic time to cut a promo like that. I really, I really just overall, I think this show introduced a lot of newer or younger talent and still included, included like a lot of familiar faces. Fans in attendance probably cannot say they didn't get a solid show out of this. Yeah. It really was a solid show considering it just being a settlement series. Yeah, it definitely had way more in-ring than the first one. The first one was pretty good, had a lot of pre-match, post-match stuff, but this one was, they seemed like right away, show the, show the item, get into the action. So I, I did like the change of pace with that as well. And I also want to see, hopefully, more people get out to the settlement series and attend those things. Because the one thing I wanted to kind of tell everybody here is that the settlement series and some of these outside shows are great places to actually watch some of these GCW performers. And sometimes you can actually go and see them for a lower price than you may be able to see that. So let's just say that, I mean, you see GCW twice a year come through your town. If you're fortunate, um, you might be able to still see wrestlers come through working for other companies. So I would say if it's somebody who really wants to save a little bit of money, this settlement series delivered quite a few of the GCW people we're used to seeing. And when it comes to talent, they also included and let them have a chance to breathe. They were fantastic also. So I just wanted to say, yeah, go out there and support indie wrestling and support these guys. And yeah, you'd be able to get out there and actually see them sometimes for a little less money than you may normally have to. And if you go out to shows like that, you may get to see them more often. Yeah, especially out there, because I think they're going to, by the way, it seems like they're, even though this one was in Chicago, because that's where they were in, uh, the next one's back in New Jersey. I think they're going to be probably sticking to the sediment series of running those matches and those shows kind of on the East Coast, because it's closer to their home, closer to like a lot of their talent that they use for the JCW slash GCW shows. I, th- I just think that was a very smart move that they put it on this weekend as a way to get another show done have a lot more talent to put on the show, especially newer talent, and maybe rest some of your bigger name talent, the talent that's kind of putting on matches or doing a lot of stuff, kind of give them a little breather while still putting on a very awesome show. And I think that's where these sediment series have done for me is kind of like give the bigger names a break, but give other people another uh, comedic platform to kind of show off another version or another extension of your character. Before we get into our memorable moments, John, I know there was something uh, you wanted to say before we get into our memorable moments. So, okay, so normally I don't have a little speechy thing, so I don't want people to think there's always going to be a funny little speechy thing here. 
But this was kind of a weird one. There was a coincidence. We kind of know the people. So this is a little interesting here. So the last episode that we had of our podcast here, we were talking about supporting independent wrestlers and promotions. We spoke of wrestlers being injured and still showing up to work without fans knowing any different. You know, they screw up or they make a little mistake and you're telling them they fucked up, you know, and they're tired. We spoke about being kind because we don't really know the whole story. What's going on? So in match three of this episode, we were talking about how Sandra Moon had a plushie that was a gift that she was using for uh, show and tell. She said that she was uh, given that gift as a uh, as a gift, basically, from her friends. They were good friends, Jody and Lazarus. So what people don't know was that Jody, Lazarus and Alice Blair all got into a car wreck that day where they were traveling to Arizona for a show. So now they still performed that day. And not many people that were sitting in those stands knew that. So this was one of those situations I wanted to say where it was a real life thing. It really did happen. We know these people, quite a few of them. No, not quite a few of them. All of them work in Vegas constantly. Quite a few of them I've seen a couple times. And I know that all of them are very genuinely nice people. So I'm going to kind of fast forward a little bit here because it's kind of connected since this is a long little arc here. But I like to always do the upcoming shows where there's GCW talent. We actually talk about the show. So the last episode and uh, probably this episode, maybe, maybe not. We spoke of the ICW No Holds Barred show that's coming up. And I said that because there was numerous talents from GCW, the GCW regulars, so to speak, that are going to be on this show. So here's where it gets even more interesting. Um, there's a show this weekend on Friday, September 9th, out here in Las Vegas, where there's six different GCW performers coming in for that weekend to perform. So it's at a company here in Las Vegas called Grap House. That's G-R-A-P-H-O-U-S-E. I believe two, if not all three of those performers were scheduled to be on this show. I believe two of them were. And as far as I know, I believe both of them are still announced for the show until I see otherwise. But this is their first anniversary show. So they were, as usual, bringing in big talent. But this is their first anniversary. So they were bringing in a huge amount of talent. So this is where in Las Vegas here, I'm able to see a lot of my GCW favorites when they come through, because like I was just preaching earlier, you can spend a little less money sometimes and you're able to still see all your favorites, sometimes at a little more intimate and a smaller venue, which makes it even more fun because it just, well, it feels more intimate, you know, so I um, I wanted to mention them because they are here in town. And I also wanted to mention them because they have a lot of GCW talent. So I'm actually going to run down the card. Check out this card and, and listen to how many people you hear. We've got uh, Bodie Young Prodigy, a Las Vegas guy, versus Starboy Charlie. We have Sonico versus Lazarus. That's the gentleman who was spoken of that got into the wreck. We have Dark Sheik versus Bryn Thorne. We have Los Suavecitos versus the Natterday Saints. We have the Wild for the Night Scramble. Here we go. We have Hunter Freeman versus Midas Creed versus Sandra Moon versus Papa Jace versus Godspeed versus Jody himself, whom we just spoke of, and Duke Lawrence. Our next match would be Cole Radrick versus Nick Xander. That's going to be a knockout match. 
no kidding do not underestimate or sleep on xander he's got a good uh he's got a good gimmick going also he's got a heartbeat gimmick and when he hits the microphone you hear boom 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 and it sounds just like a heartbeat so to the fans i mean it's real easy to get into it's a fantastic uh gimmick i have to say um then we have our championship our grab house world championship that night is going to be gregory sharp uh, defending against jordan oliver now now come on we're talking so this is what we're getting in las vegas friday night and this is what we normally would not see unless GCW came to town. So this is where I'm saying, get interested in your local companies and find out what's out there because there's a lot of talent flying to town all the time. You just have to open your eyes to it all. So this is why I wanted to mention this one was because there's such an amazing story here. This is something I spoke about on the last one. The, the story weaves right into our local area. I've spoken to Jody about this situation. Um, I just wanted to mention then that with Grap House, you can actually find them on Twitter at Grap House LV. So G-R-A-P-H-O-U-S-E-L-V. Also, I was talking about passing along nice messages or just being kind to people. You can reach out to Jody at Jody himself 999 on Twitter. Lazarus, you can find him at Boy Lazarus. That's B-O-I Lazarus. And lastly, Alice Blair. She's at the Alice Blair on Twitter. So I just wanted to make sure that I was just um, following up on what we were talking about. And it just so happened that we had a real life situation. And this is a point where it doesn't cost anyone anything to pass along a nice message, uh, say hello, wish them the best. Um, not everybody's out of the woodwork here. So we really are making sure that we do what we can to be supportive and send along as many kind words as possible. But when it comes to that Grab House show, both B and I here are going to be down there at that show. We're going to be supporting our local company. It would be really cool to come down and say hello. We're really going to have a fucking blast down there. No lie. But at this point, I just wanted to end that with that. And I also wanted to use the Grab House story and the story that is just another um, uh, just an unfortunate wrestling thing that nobody would know of unless there's people like us that are constantly in the news. So I just, yeah, we're fortunate to be wrestling fans in Las Vegas this week. And this is going to be so awesome. Yeah. Yes. I mean, serious. Anybody who can please come the fuck out. We're going to have a blast. Yes. Uh, before I head into the graph house stuff too, going back out to your Jody, Lazarus, Alice Blair. There was also one other one I'm reading up on it because I didn't know about that until you uh, you mentioned it. So I looked up. There's another local wrestler that was in that car. Uh, the Papayase was in that car as well. And you can, what? Yeah, and he was actually the one who wrestled like the main event that night. So that's what they were all. He's saying. in our show. Yeah, he's going to be at our show too. So he's going right from a car wreck a week earlier to doing two, three shows again this weekend. Busting his ass for our entertainment. So oh, man. I did want to make Yasse. sure. He, yeah, I did want to make sure he got another. He got a shout oh, out too because. I had to lurk for it too because I, I didn't even know he was in it. But uh, you could catch uh, okay. Papayase at the Battle Brand on um, Twitter as well. So if you want to send him some love and support and everyone else, like I will. I grab out too because uh, this is a fun show. I am looking forward to. I've been to uh, the first couple um, Rap House shows and then I didn't go to the next couple afterwards because of another show in another city or. Financially, it wasn't right or just other plans. So this is my third one I am catching, but uh, they are always fun. It does feel like a GCW kind of night, maybe without 
You'll still get the blood and violence. You just might not get as oh, uh, yeah. crazy with the light tubes or any of that stuff. But there will still be plenty of blood, violence, comedy, laughs, cheers happening that night. And um, yeah, I am obviously looking forward to seeing uh, Droid Oliver versus G Sharp Part 2. Because uh, last August, or almost around Labor Day weekend last year, this was the time where uh, it wasn't a Grap House show. But it was at the same place where the Grap House uh, runs their shows at that time was versus pro studios um that's where jordan got to i started a little g sharp chant here g sharp didn't really like to it and then started calling uh me and my son out and my son was in the sh- <laughs> as we we're running our jordan oliver shirt so obviously g sharp starts yelling and cussing at us my son stands up start yelling back at him jordan sees it calls my son into the ring lets him talk his shit to g sharp while holding him back and g sharp had to be held back too from going after my son so uh it was cool seeing Jordan let him kind of play manager at the beginning of the match. And then even like midway match, called him back in, asked for some advice, then went back out and the crowd started a little kid chant and stuff like that. So obviously I, that is one of the reasons why our family is a huge Jordan Oliver fans. I was a Jordan Oliver fan before that, but to see the rematch happen again in Vegas, part two at Grap House this weekend is absolutely going to be fun. Um, we also have New Japan going to be out here this weekend too on 9-11 at Samsung. Uh, still hoping to get some tickets to that. We'll see, but if not, I'll definitely be checking that card out online because that was that looks like a pretty good card. And the reason oh, I brought yeah. it up is because we have a couple GCW people in there. We have uh, Kevin Blackwood, Blake Christian, Alex Zane, Rocky Romero, even though he's only wrestled once. Tom Lawler, who we just saw at Black Label Pro, and Homicide as well, uh, wrestling at the New Japan Strong on 9/11. Wow, so, no slouches. Yeah, so I might be trying to get tickets to that one as well, but we'll see. I am definitely going to Grap House. I cannot wait for Friday night. It's going to be a fun night. Hopefully get to see Jordan become the Grap House world champion. If not, I won't be mad because I love G-Sharp as well. Um, but I am a little biased here, so I got to root for it. But I will, not be, I will not be disappointed no matter the <laughs> outcome. Because Grap House shows are, like, that was one of the funner shows that I went to their first show. As that was a Thursday night before the GCW show on Friday night. So uh, that kind of got my weekend going for last year's Labor Day uh, weekend for the GCW shows out here and everything. So I'm very much looking forward to the Grap House. They kill it there. The S4TB group and Chris Mounts and all them, they've been killing it out there. So definitely can't wait to catch. This will lead us into our memorable moments of the W Settlement Series Part 2. And of course, once again, John, I'll let you go through yours because I find normal <laughs> three and usually on yours as well. So if you do happen to say one of my normal three, I will elaborate after yours because I love hearing all your memorable. Well, I, I don't know why I keep mine short and sweet. I usually play favorites too. So uh, maybe that's why I always keep them short. It's always oh, the Jordan match or the, the Cole Radjic match where even though right. everyone else wants that just what sticks in my head. So let us know your memorable moments of GW Sediment Series Part 2. Okay, so first off, the fact that it was show and tell was so fucking awesome. I've never seen a show and tell wrestling show ever before. I'm 100% sure I do not have to think of my fucking library if I have one. The reoccurring law and order sound, the dun-dun, I I get the joke now. It was really fucking awesome. The Jay Vidal Mickey Mouth Clubhouse song and also drinking from the condom. I think that was a memorable moment. Sandra Moon, obviously shouting out her friends. Much love to her and her friends. Another successful scramble where we have no expectations and somehow that's absolutely made it better. Billy getting split open. Again, that's 
you know, but again, it's not the split for the fact it was for me to see that her eye color matched with the red, obviously is going to make for some good pictures and some good video down the road. Axton Ray and Teriyaki showing the fuck out like they should. It was really good, really strong performances. Frank the Clown appearance, it was just nice to see him. Again, colorful characters, good way to look at it. I enjoyed the Lloyd and Everett match. It was a comedy match. Grandma Pills chants were, were fun. I liked ASF having a single spotlight. That was really nice to see. It had been a while, and he really looked a lot better. I, he's obviously grown in the last six months to to a year. Deppin pulling weight and really looking good tonight was so obvious I put it in a memorable moment because it looked so good. Lastly, Drago Kid looking great. And last, a fun night looking forward to the next theme for GCW Settlement Series Part 3. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I am excited. This was the show and tell one, so I was interested to see how it would play out. I think uh, if they're going for comedy, I, lo- I love the Settlement Series Part 1 more because I loved hearing all the different stories and how they were going to settle their dispute. So um, show and tell was a nice change of pace. I do like it. It was fun. I like seeing what the wrestlers decided to bring, because I always wondered like what would be something meaningful to them and stuff like that. Well, some people obviously used it for comedy. It was well placed throughout the night. So I, I love seeing the show and tell part. Um, love seeing the comedy of the night. Cause these settlement series that GCW's had is entertaining. Like, and this one was not just entertaining on the outside. Their matches absolutely was really good. This one, too. Like, the first one was more pre-match, post-match comedy. But the match, and I like how they did their matches with comedy inside of, hey, objection, stuff like that. Like, the comedy matches killed it on part one, where now the comedy and, like, the storytelling was more before the, before the match. And then they, they kind of let them actually have a real... Uh, match. I'd like to see how some of those uh, items that were brought were used as weapons during it. So nice comedy uh, event for me. I love seeing it. And another thing I love seeing was uh, the younger talent and different talent getting mic time because you always kind of want to talk. We talk about it doesn't want to take away from the show. Obviously, I go there. I want to see them wrestle, wrestle, wrestle. But if we are going to have people talk, I don't want to see the same two, three people talk. I'd like to hear more. So these kind of shows kind of lend towards that where hey here's your minute explain your item get yourself over get the item over do what you need to do to make an impression but here's your one minute to do so so i'd like everyone getting that even that short amount of time in tell the story and help improve the character and get deep into the whole sentiment series aspect of it because i love whole making fun of uh like just the whole thing of wrestling like with the graphics are being cheap corny but yeah. in a good, funny way, not like a horrible way, but I love seeing that. And uh, one other thing I did not, because I just I mentioned I'm a little play favoritism here. One of my new favorite wrestlers I was looking forward to seeing on this card was not there, and he was announced for it, was one Mr. Archie Willits, old Archie hmm. Willits uh, form tonight. Uh, that was also would have been Jordan Oliver. That's a kind of a hated him out to be on the picture. So hopefully everything's all right with Jordan then. Maybe he just had a take the night off and not want to get too crazy as he had awesome uh Aussie open later on that evening. So at art of war game, which we'll discuss on our next as uh next episode we are covering is GW's art of war games that happened later on that evening. So maybe that had something to do with Jordan not participating in sediment series, but just fine. Cause they absolutely killed it going against Aussie open and sediment series, obviously very entertaining without him as well. So, 
um it's been fun it's been a fun two show so far art of war games the violence <laughs> if those of you are <laughs> waiting for some violence here kind of got all the comedy out in settlement series the violence happens and it is a crazy night of just creative fuckery going around that's the only thing i could think of art of war games it was impressive i thought they had a wow. big i thought yeah. they had a big hill to climb off of last year's but this year's was very good and very solid in its own way, which I'm glad it didn't have to go back to how it was last year. It was a great show on its own merit. Did you? The last thing I will say, I'm so sorry. I said Papa Jace. Yeah. I am so <laughs> going to have to tell, dude. I'm so sorry. I'm so tired. I said Papa Jace, bro. I did the same thing, too. It's been a long couple days, long weekend of wrestling, yeah, yeah, long yeah. couple days recording. Um, yes, also, if you did not listen as well yesterday, um, another place to find all your upcoming GCW shows is mm-hmm. my wife made a uh, website, uh, mostly for the GCW calendar to kind of make it easier to find out upcoming shows. Because if you go on GCW social media, it's kind of hard to see upcoming shows. And um, if you, especially if it was announced a couple of weeks ago, you got to go through a lot of tweets and retweets and stuff which is fine they're at least retweeting our stuff which is also cool but it does make it a little bit harder to find the events for upcoming shows so uh my wife did make the a website it's called gcwplantpodcast.com you will also be able to find where to find our shows wherever if you're having trouble or wanted to tell other people where to find us um that information is on there as well um there's also a like I said, the calendar page, which will have easy to read, easy uh, access to find out what shows are coming up in the GCW's future, what shows they announced. They just announced one actually while we recorded this podcast, and my wife already updated it. So um, it is on there. Just check it out where it says events on the left. If you're on mobile and you want to get tickets to the events, just get event details. That's right underneath uh, the show, and you'll have the link to go to your Eventbrite or wherever. Uh, the show is got no Japan's <laughs> not using Eventbrite, but uh, she does have the uh, the whatever website they use to buy tickets out there. So wherever you want to look up upcoming GCW shows or buy tickets from, also please check out GCW Plant Podcast in the section as well. Uh, like I said, we will be back hopefully tomorrow with you guys for GCW's Art of War games. A uh, lot to go into there, a lot of action, a lot of craziness. Um, lot of fun times again on that show totally different show than the settlement series that's for sure on behalf of myself and mr john j wolf we bid you adieu and like we always do long long live live Uh g c w